Hi everyone, Keeper Dan here. This is our post-Necronomicon debriefing episode with John, and it rambles all over the place. And that a thorough edit would give me an aneurysm, I'm going to only give this a cursory edit. The cursing's gonna stay in, the tangents are gonna stay in, and the flubs all happen in their original places rather than being tacked on as stingers at the end. So have fun! Go Pods! It is a center for higher learning. It is a place with centuries of secrets in its shadowed halls. This is where you have come to learn the mysteries of the cosmos. Welcome to the Miskatonic University Podcast. They'll teach you things you can't unlearn. Hello and welcome to the Miskatonic University Podcast, episode 131. This is the podcast dedicated to Call of Cthulhu and other horror and Lovecraft-related role-playing games. I'm Keeper Dan. And I'm Keeper Chad, and we are back from Necronomicon. I'm Keeper Murph, and this year's convention was amazing, and we can't wait for 2019. And I'm Keeper John, and I got to stay home and watch the grass grow. <laughs> and we'll. I think it's a, I think it's important to point out that John didn't write that. Did you? You didn't write that, did you? I changed whatever it was at the tail end. It oh. was just a hanging particle, and I was just like, "Watch the grass grow." So, okay, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> that's fine. So he did write that. Miskatonic University Campus Crier. Campus Crier's Miskatonic U student paper. Here's going to go through Mythos-related news and feedback for the podcast. Nudes. <laughs> nudes. <laughs> is it going through some Mythos-related mythos nudes? nudes. <laughs> I've seen that site. There's... Woo! Hey, dude. Did you see the, uh, did you see the yellow king? <laughs> oh, you don't want to see him open the robes. No. It's all about uh, the shub I tell you what, <laughs> I have seen the yellow sign. Hey, I got your yellow sign right here, buddy. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I got your elder sign right here. The Campus Crayers Miskatonic U student paper. Here's we're going to go through Mythos related news and feedback for the podcast. This episode is being recorded August 28th, 2017. First up, right before Necronomicon on the 15th of August, we had an update to the Kickstarter Horrors of War from Adam Scott Glancy. Uh, as most of you know, this is the first update that has been on that uh, project in a very long time. In it, basically, he's apologizing for being mostly absent from the project and letting uh, it linger on unupdated for so long. Uh, he also gives some very personal reasons for his absence. Scott suffered a devastating loss in his close personal family in late 2016. Uh, this unfortunately spiraled him into a depression that he himself didn't realize he was in until he suffered another loss, uh, this time of a close personal friend earlier this year. Uh, this kind of brought it all to the forefront from him and he realized he had a problem and sought professional help. Uh, it's 
his full intention at this point to complete this project in its entirety. Uh, but realizing his mistakes and but realizing his mistake, he is offering a full refund on the project to any backer that might actually want it. Does not give a hard date on when the project should be finished now, uh, but he does say it should be done by Gen Con 2018. I, I say bravo, mm-hmm. man. Bravo. It, I've been there. It is really, really difficult stuff to deal with and cope with. And I'm really, really glad to hear that he recognized what he needed and he's gotten the help he needs and he's feeling better. And that's the biggest hurdle because I know uh, for a lot of people, the hardest part is recognizing that you have a problem and then having the courage to seek help for Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Because, you know, we still live in a world where it gets a stigma and, uh, you know, we live in a world where people flaunt their hate and they, you know, they'll they'll be completely open about it. So on how, on how they, you know, uh, don't agree or don't uh, understand it, but it is a problem that many, many people deal with. And it is, uh, yeah. Bravo. Bravo for Scott to, to be able to recognize that and seek the help. And, and, uh, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure horrors of war. I know is going to be amazing. All we got to do is just wait for it to come out. Yep. Yeah, response on the on his Kickstarter page has been, oh, I would say, overwhelmingly supportive. There have oh, been, um, I think, one or two people have asked for a refund and had ha- you know said that they had enough. Um, but for the most part, people were were willing to wait. And I I think the depth of communication was a big factor in that. Yeah, his, his uh, being honest. I agree. I think that we should also probably touch on the fact that this isn't unusual, shall we say, for uh, people in our group, our community. Um, Scott's not the only person who suffers through uh, a mental illness or of any sort, and he's not alone in that. I mean, a lot of us have gone through it. I go through it. I know Dan has had experience with it. Uh, there's a lot of other content providers who write for Call of Cthulhu and other horror-related related role-playing games, to quote our own tagline, that have this issue. And I, I, while I don't think it, the hardest thing is, is recognizing it, I think the hardest thing is actually admitting it and seeking the help for it. I think you, many of us know that we're not right, but it's really difficult to actually come out and say that to another human being the fact that he did it to everyone on that kickstarter yeah, is that's pretty remarkable that pretty he impressive. came out in that way with what was happening to him and so <clears throat> i i definitely applaud that and um i'm looking forward to seeing what he creates because now that he's gotten things better and they'll continue to get better his uh production will you know, go back up again and we'll have our Scott back that we're, you know, used to having. Yep. And on a lighter tone here, uh, for Pulp Cthulhu, 
if you want to try and create up characters a little quicker, easier, or possibly just do for NPCs, uh, the Dole's House, which is a website we've mentioned before, they've got all sorts of fantastic resources. Now they have a character generator for Pulp Cthulhu Investigators. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. pretty cool. You know, I think I want to jump the queue here. It, I mean, not to move right on, but um, it was announced during Necronomicon that um, Christopher Smith Adair is doing a pulp campaign. Yeah. He couldn't tell us anything about it. Um, we have a name. <laughs> we do have a name. It's called A Cold Fire Within. And uh, I poked him first. What? What happened there? I, oh, the, oh, you're moving I, it. You're moving yeah. it. I see. Sorry. <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> we're fixing the damn link. No, notes may, since you hijacked it, it we're fixing it, it so we don't all get lost. I was in the middle of reading the thing. Where the fuck did it go? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We put it back because we you got oh upset. God. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Like I, I asked him for information and he can't give any he was actually surprised that it was announced <laughs> at necronomicon during the campaign panel uh so it's pulpy yay so. and another thing that's pulpy yeah, that was also announced at, over the weekend at both necronomicon and at gen con masks of nyarlathotep seventh edition yes and it will have with yeah, an all new chapter. Yeah. It's going to have a whole new destination in it, and it's going to have optional rules in there, probably as like sidebars and whatnot for Pulp Cthulhu. So, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the Peru chapter is being handled. It's a prequel uh, or a scenario you can run before the New York chapter, and oh. Scott oh, Dorward's cool. writing that. Oh, cool. I think it's similar to the one that Backers just got for Horror of the Orient. We finally got oh, the final yeah. um, scenario. I think that should be in yep. the notes, actually. But you just did. That. Um, backers for, yeah, we got the final, um, um, I can't remember what it's called, though, Dan. It, anyway, it's the scenario that takes place in oh, the French yeah, Revolution. Oh, yeah, man, I'm so uh, excited about that. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's only the scenario for it. It's not the entire book, um, so it's just the scenario that's included with that core with that scenario or that campaign book that's been snapped out and sent to the Horror and the Orient backers as the final um, Kickstarter obligation. Yeah, they finally can call yep. that yep. completed. <laughs> uh. It only, it's only been four Yeah, years. thinking about Nyarlathotep for a sec there. Yeah, man. You know, so there's a new 7th edition of Mass of Nyarlathotep coming out. Do you, do we know it, since I wasn't at Necronomicon, I don't know how much of the, uh, of the announcement, you know, how much news came with the announcement, if it was simply a teaser or not, but um, is are we assuming that they're uh, rewriting and updating and tightening up um, all of the existing chapters, uh, reframing them maybe. And, and, and I'm, and I ask that because it seems logical that they might do that. But then at the same time, I'm like that entire 
massive Nyarlathotep companion just came out, how compatible will that be with a possibly reformatted 7th edition uh, core book for, for mass? Did anybody did did that did that come up at the con? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So if I'm not mis, all three of us missed that, right? Or we didn't go to the con. Unfortunately, I did not get to that panel. Those right before our show and stuff. So yeah, those. Okay. Yeah, we couldn't make it to that one. Well, I would be interested to hear if there's uh, has been any kind of talk about that and finding out you know will those who back the uh uh the the tome the mass of nyarlathotep companion tome will it still be uh yeah the companion will, will the companion be compatible oh, you're talking about the with the itself. new seventh edition um, mass of nyarlathotep book that comes okay, out no i do or have will you have <sighs> to run an older version of mass it, to use the companion i i do well, I mean, I got thoughts on this. Hang on. All they right. Wrote, go ahead. Uh, go hang so on. Right. I have an go answer, ahead. though. <laughs> Your, yours will be wrong. I'll correct you. I mean, you. Go I, ahead. I have an answer that. <laughs> I mean, I, ta- I asked. I was there for the question was asked of Mike. So I, mm-hmm. I remember what Mike had said. If you want, you can just go ahead and say. No, yours. you say yours. <laughs> so. Mike was asked basically the exact same question, and if I recall, uh, his answer was that they wrote the 7th edition update without taking any of the stuff in the companion into mind. It doesn't necessarily invalidate it, but it's not in there, so to speak. Does that make sense? I think that only makes sense. That book is too huge for it to actually be something that they use yeah. as a resource for rewriting the campaign. They've been at it for a long time now. It's going to be coming yeah. out this year. Yeah. yeah. Now, granted, the Companion's been at it for a decade as well, but but it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, so here's my can I just I just want to say that yeah. I I think this whole like is it compatible is is just hooey i just don't i just don't understand which makes puts me in the camp of not understanding a lot of updates of of existing material but i i don't the the stuff that goes back to the 80s is all usable like this there's no agree like the conversion i just don't get i i don't like maybe because i haven't had to do so you know, as a job to convert seventh, but now what, again, what Mike had said was not that anything about compatibility, but they didn't take the items in the companion. Yeah. yeah. So, into yeah. so influence I think, when writing the updated seventh right. edition. Right. So I think, so, I think so not narratively answered com- the question that I was but, trying to ask a right. little better because I, I, you know, I did not support, I wasn't uh, uh, financially capable of supporting, unfortunately the, uh, the, the companion, P, the companion book that uh, uh, Yogg and uh, Paul were leading, uh, but my assumption is that that book is going to uh, make certain references to the core, uh, can, you know, Master of Nyarlathotep campaign, 
characters, you know, NPCs who are in there, uh, and and possibly, you know, when uh, you know event X occurs, you can right. reference the companion book and uh, and add this flavoring or add this side uh, adventure, you know, this flashback adventure or something. You can add that into the uh, to this uh, already rich campaign. And so I'm wondering if. Will the new right. 7th now edition, I'm, Master Nyarlath Tip, if it is rewritten in certain ways, if there's going to be, if they're going to break some of those keys, you know, those key little points uh, that that the companion was attempting to reference, right. you know, and, and I'm sure clever, well thought out keepers will be able to make it work. No problem. Um, I just, you know, there's so much Nyarlath Tip news, I, I figured I'd ask, so. I have the PDF, um, not the newest version, but one of the older versions. And essentially, it's like, here are a crap load of NPCs for New York. Here's the New York chapter. Or here's the London chapter is a better example. The, Lon- the London chapter for the companion is, is, is flipping huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it has, uh, here's extra things you can add in. Here's extra hotels and extra this and that. Here's some side stuff that you can throw in between the main uh, storyline of mass right and that's how it's structured not as at this point in this scenario you can add this in so i don't think again that it's going to be an issue uh inserting these things well, that's from actually, the companion that's into great, then. Uh, mass and arla stuff um there is going to be some there's there's going to be some things that'll change i'm sure oh yeah and some things that might not be usable because of that but that companion is flipping yeah. huge yeah Think of it as the Masks Sandbox Bible. Yeah. And it has its own prequel. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. You know, because I was trying to kind of put myself in the shoes of a person who, who may have uh, backed and, and purchased the uh, Massive Nyarlath Tip companion book. And, you know, they just got that book. You know, it's just been delivered. And they're like, yeah, yeah. now I can add this to my campaign. And then Al-Kazim says, hey, we're going to rewrite and kind of update, not really rewrite, but, you know, update the campaign. As a, and it, and If again, I was a purchaser with, of that, I might be hesitant going, gee whiz, do I want to buy the new one or stick with the old yeah. one, you know? And again, though, this is Chad's uh, argument is that even if they do update Mass to 7th edition, and the companion is still sixth edition. And even if they do change major story elements in there, mm-hmm. there is so much information in the companion that it's still going to be exceptionally yeah. useful. I would also say that. that the updated one is not explicitly the whole thing pulp, but it includes pulp elements. And it seems like it's going to be, you know, super compatible for a pulpy feel. The companion, I know for a fact, was pitched at, in the other direction to, to yeah. take some of the pulpy, pulpy implausibility right. stuff and look at, look at a grittier version. Right. Yeah. And it tones it down. Oh, that's kind of cool. Right. And it okay. adds in a lot more reality to that, to that uh, campaign in general. And, and I made heavy use of it in London oh. whenever uh, a lot of my NPCs came from there. A lot of the hotels and stuff came from there. I think I... I did all kinds of crazy stuff and I used that as a reference. Now I didn't, I didn't pluck every individual thing from it, but I used it as a reference to say, oh, I wonder what in the hell I can do right here. Cause the guys had gone so off track at this point or another. And then I could look in there and find, Oh, I could do this instead. So I would just plug that in. So, I mean, it's, um, it, it's a very useful yeah. book one way or the other. You know what? 
Well, I have succeeded in throwing us into a tangent. I apologize. I just yeah, that was a kind of a sure question would. on the top of my head when I saw that in it's the news. Good, so let's drive on. <laughs> Thanks. The movie uh, The Resurrected, which is a adaptation of the case of Charles Dexter Ward, is going to be getting a Blu-ray Scream Factory treatment. Now available for pre-sale. And I'm looking forward to this, because that's not one I've seen before. I don't remember seeing this one either. Is this the one... I think I've seen this. This is... Yeah, Chris Sarandon. You've seen everything. I watch a lot of TV, (laughs) man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've not seen this one, and so I'm looking forward to hopefully getting my hands on this. And, I mean, it looks like a fantastic version of it a whole bunch of extras and beautifully cleaned up print so yay i want to i want to be brian sammons because he keeps getting these you know to to review and stuff (laughs) yeah yeah oh did he review that he has i mean he does a ton of uh video reviews oh yeah Mm -hmm. in the podcast yeah yeah yeah. in general when i grow up i want to be brian sammons i mean that's just right across join the club buddy get in line Someone out there wants to make a Lego uh, official Call of Cthulhu set. Someone wants to Lego. Someone. <laughs> Someone wants Lego. Does somebody want to talk other than Murph? <laughs> Someone somewhere, possibly in your house, hiding in the basement, wants Lego to make an official Call of Cthulhu set. Yep. This actually sounds... Pretty, yeah. pretty cool. And when it's on the Lego Ideas site, where people can pitch uh, kit ideas and people vote on them, and if they get enough supporters, they'll actually make it. <laughs> and uh, that's how we got things like Ghostbusters and I think the Adams Family House and just a bunch of stuff that you're like, wow. Well, they. Oh. That's cool. Like, I came up with the it, end scene of Relia. With a little boat of the alert, yep, <laughs> for uh, for the scene of Call of Cthulhu. That's pretty awesome. I will admit that if this came oh, to yeah. stores, I would buy this thing. I'm not even going to lie. I think I'd glue it together and just <laughs> set it on the shelf. And I love how the Cthulhu is actually a normal size Lego minifig. The little people, the sailors that come in on the alert, those are actually minis that came with like a a Lego award set thing. So they're like, you know, a they're, quarter inch they're high micro or minis. something. Yeah. But they work really well for this to be teeny tiny next to Cthulhu. And it's all using existing pieces that uh, they That's already awesome. make. I love the alert. It looks great. Yeah. I I want this set real bad. So pop over the website and uh, hit support for it. It's not saying, yes, I absolutely will buy this. There's no commitment like that. It's just saying, I love this. I would like to have it if you make it. <laughs> and there's like a so lot of time. If you left click on, on, it, on so. the uh, on the little uh, uh, zoom in blow up pictures, there's one that has Cthulhu and it's got the three, you know, micro minis, you know, one is Gustav Johansson. And then there's two crewmen. And I love the, the facial expressions on these two crewmen. They're just basically, yeah, oh my God. You know, they're just. 
<laughs> yeah. They, they're they both completely freaked yes. out little dudes. Hilarious. And it's only appropriate. <laughs> and next up, we have Dark Cult Games, which is Ben Burns, who did the Star on the Shore, a successful Kickstarter, um, is going to be launching a new book in a month or maybe two. So keep an eye out for uh, the next Call of Cthulhu project called Devil's Swamp. He mentioned that on the latest cool. uh, update for the Star on the Shore Kickstarter. And there's even a cover image for Devil's Swamp. It's a pretty cover. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Now, Ancient Terrors in the Bridgewater Triangle. Bridgewater Triangle, we've been talking about uh, in our little community, is a... It's in southeastern Massachusetts, and there's all kinds of weird stuff. We were talking about maybe going there. There's Bigfoot things, there's poltergeist orbs, and giant snakes, and something called Thunderbirds, which is basically like a, a pterodactyl sighting. All these, you know, I mean, real, in quotes. Um, this is pretty cool. I missed uh, Star on the Shore. So I, I don't miss Devil's Swamp. Up next, Expedition the Horror. This is the first expansion for Expedition, the role-playing card game. That's the rules light uh, RPG game that was uh, used a deck, uh, some custom decks of cards and a phone app uh, is coming out soon. Yeah, and a phone app. Yeah, uh, it has new mechanics, new enemies, and abilities, all inspired by Cthulhu. And we've got some uh, links in the show notes there. One to the Kickstarter page, and, and then you can get a copy of the original Expedition game plus this expansion for a whole thirty bucks. Oh, I might do that. Because this is a really cool looking game. And considering we've seen games lately that are in the like $200 range on a regular basis, seeing a $30 complete game with expansion is yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. nice. Yeah, the expansion so, itself, I think, yeah. is only 10 bucks. So, I mean, if you, if you already... Yeah, so if you already have yeah, the then you're, original... you're good. 10 bucks, they get you 10, 10 encounters, 10 persona cards, 10 influence abilities, and 10 more little tracking clips those neat little clips that they had uh, in the original game. Little, little strange little paper clips. And Brett Kramer is teaming up with Paul of Cthulhu for another podcast called yeah. Sentinel Hill. Very cool. This is going to be an occasional podcast from Sentinel Hill Press and YSDC. Uh, it's not going to be replacing Brett's existing podcast uh, Sentinel Hill Presscast, but it's going to be something available to backers of both uh, uh, Brett's and Paul's, you know, networks. Yeah, and I, it's uh, the first episode has dropped, but because of Necronomicon, I haven't had a, had oh. a chance to listen to it. I'm I back uh, I back Sentinel Hill Press, so I can't review it, but I know it's out there, and I frankly Con. have been hearing rumors about this for a long time, and I'm really glad it's finally in the ether. Agreed. Uh, up next, while we were all at Gen Con, and nobody was at Gen Con, while, we weren't all at Gen Con. Shut the! F I know. Uh, That'd be can good. Can we do that, please? Three, two, one, and. Up next, while we were all at Necronomicon, we were some all guys at, over at Gen we Con held an award show. Mm -hmm. God, I swear to God, man. <laughs> He's right. 
Oh, Shut we're going to have such and let me do this. Such <laughs> meaty end show. Oh my god. Up next, while three of us were at Necronomicon <laughs> and one of us stayed home and watched the grass grow, they had a little awards thing at Gen Con. And Chaosium came away with at Gen Con. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Chad. Uh, just just <laughs> Chaosium came away with 10 innies. Seven of those for gold, three of them for silver, from everything from best cover art, best interior art, cartography, well, production, aids and accessories. The whole list oh, uh, is a huge list. But, also, an important uh, fan favorite yeah. publisher. They got silver on that one. Um, it it yeah, is an impressive yeah. sweet sharp little needles. By they, well, not only that, but uh, and we don't have it in front of us here. But Stygian Fox got some awards as well. Oh, things okay. Yep, Stygian Fox did. Congratulations to oh, them. Yeah. I nope it's, it because it, uh, it wasn't eligible. Nope. So it's um the previous one, which is the things they leave behind. Yep. Right. Which which uh oh. which I'm. I'm named. Oh, sweet. Hey, you just, you want an any. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I don't think I can claim You that, really bro. can't. There's been much discussion no. about who gets to claim, no. you know, who gets to claim <laughs> if they won the award. Yeah. I can't claim any so, way. So, any f- yeah. However, uh, Dorward's uh, <laughs> scenario in there, Hell yeah. House is great. So, cover art, interior art, cartography, production values, aid slash accessory, RPG-related product, adversary, monster, adventure, supplement, and fan favorite publisher. Those all were won by Chaosium. Either silver or gold. Yep. Amazing. That's that's a hell of a good evening. That's a that's I'd like to know with best adventure. Uh, I have yeah. not had this answer to my satisfaction yet. Doors to Darkness wins best adventure. So it's a book of adventures. Yeah. 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 Right. So did the judges like see one that they liked and then they have to obfuscate which one it is and say, well, the whole book wins then because my favorite's in there, but I can't tell you which one it is. Or is it, has it always just been a book? award and because of weirdness of naming conventions it also may have been just, uh uh recognized because of the uh ability you know that it was designed for for new keepers you know being introduced to call cthulhu so there's all okay. those different uh keeper tips and all that kind of stuff and and the way that that was integrated into the uh into the uh, adventures i think that's the case i think that it's a book of adventures so it falls under that category as opposed to a supplement which is a more broader sense addition to the game like children yeah i just i would like to know which one is their favorite but. <laughs> yeah, hard to say i don't think we have to i think yeah. they like all of yeah, them yeah. equally the same <laughs> they're all fantastic mm-hmm. okay that's gonna be cut <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yes so hey um, hey, I, 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 hey, 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 how you do? How you doing? I'm doing um, good. how are you? So I, I, I would assume that uh, many of our listeners are also listeners of the uh, fantastic Skype of Cthulhu guys. Um, I will be starting a uh, a Yellow King RPG game 
uh, for Skype of Cthulhu. We're going to probably, I think we're starting our recordings next Monday. Uh, so next week. And uh, I don't know when they'll be able to start getting them out there. I think they're pretty quick though on their turnaround now. Uh, <laughs> but if you're, it, it, anybody who was a backer of uh, the Yellow King RPG uh, or just, you know, fan of Carcosa or something. Anyways, I'm going to be running a um, Paris 1895 scenario of my own design uh, for Yellow King. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. It is a super intuitive uh, game system mechanic. And the the way that the the scenarios... Well, I, you know, there's only one that I that I've read that uh, Robin Laws wrote in the uh, book, but the way he structures it was just—it it, seems so intuitive and so so easy to to write adventures like that, so that it could be fairly sandboxy. So I, I just I was able to kind of mimic it a little bit, you know, uh, in my own style. But I've got all these different uh, scenes that I'm ready to uh, to link, and I've got them linked to each other. So there's ways that you can follow clues to different scenes. And, uh, and basically it, it, it will be a non-linear adventure that I hope goes over. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to running it. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm super stoked for yellow King. One of the things yeah. that, uh, that I haven't noticed yet is, um, I mean, cause he did change quite a few rules from standard, uh, trail of Cthulhu gumshoe. So this is a this is like I don't know what they're calling it. I'm kind of thinking of it as Gumshoe 2.0. Um, but one of the things that is missing is um, weapons. Like the combat is completely different and streamlined to where every combat scene is just a simple one roll of a die per person involved in that scene, and that's it. And and so you just, you know, the entire combat will be summarized in that single role per player. And then you just, you know, move on. Um, so you don't have like we do in, in regular, co- which is, you know, there's not to say that one way is better than the other. It's just interesting that the gumshoe system does it this way. And then, you know, the chiasm systems for, you know, the Call of Cthulhu BRP does it another way. You don't have an ongoing, you know, what's our order of initiative and you know what's your attack value and you know how how hard is it to hit somebody or whatever uh, none of that it's just a one die roll and so there weren't any weapons in there and i tried i thought about that and i was like well maybe i could find a way to add weapons so i think i have a pretty good uh way to augment that where you can uh spend a point either from athletics if it's going to be a melee weapon or from uh fighting if it's going to be a firearms and then by spending that point you'll get a certain set bonus uh for that weapon that you've got and then you'll make your fighting roll and uh add that bonus so we'll see how that goes i'll put that into put that into motion sounds good looking forward to it and i think um cool murph chad you guys are are playing for sure. Oh, what? <laughs> Are y'all I in? want to. I want to. Yeah. Has the schedule been posted? Well, we start. Yeah, it's next it's Monday. next Monday, man. Oh, I next see. Monday. Okay. 
Nice. Uh, then yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're in. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. That'll be it's... first time since Invictus, I guess. <laughs> oh, good. Right. For uh, for all of us, I mean. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It will for yeah, the three of us. I don't think us, yeah. Dan is playing. Oh, I see. Okay. No. Nah. Nah. Right. It's <laughs> just not my bag. It's all good. I need to play more anyway. Well, I so think I'm you guys play. are going to really enjoy Yellow King. It's going to be, I think, a fun system and a fun game to play. Yeah, it does sound good. I'm almost at 5,000 words for the uh, scenario that I'm writing for it. A uh, friend of the show and fellow Necronomicon 2017 convention mm-hmm. goer, all-around nice guy, Matt Puccio. Uh, headed up a new zine that is coming out called Hypergraphia. Uh, There was the very first issue available at Necronomicon. This is a uh, zine that is for horror writers uh, or horror game writers and GMs and players. Creators Um, too. Not just filled with creators, writers, I said writer. Um, but it's filled with uh, scenario hooks and interesting articles. Um, it is really pretty cool. Uh, and I have to add the caveat that uh, Chad and myself are actually in this. Thing. Full disclosure. So, <laughs> uh, but full disclosure. But uh, it is really, really cool. Uh, it, the original, the first issue, the special edition for um, Necronomicon had a really nice cover by Ian McLean, another friend of the show. Uh, it is, it's, it's really nice. I, I, if you want it. I don't know if you can chat? get it, man. We don't know. We, there's like, I, I don't there's know. There's like six I don't know if you can get it or not. It, I think. Or maybe there's more. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Contact the show Maybe and we'll see if we can work something out. That's let's leave it at that. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you if you gotta have it, contact us and we'll see if we can't work it out. All the proceeds from this, by the way, went to the Extra Life charity, which we will be talking about in a yeah. little bit. Yes. Settle down now, class. It's time for your next lesson. Excelsior! Fungluwe, mungluwe, really, yeah, wagon glafatagan. That's my convention bumper. Christ almighty. My a whole brain. bag of random. It's <laughs> a total bag of random. It's like, it's, it's like the Dan bot went on the Fritz or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like he just slapped the fucking soundboard a couple All of times. Sounds. Go. <laughs> now. And now. This one. Too. So we went to Necronomicon 2017 yeah. in Providence, Rhode Island. For the third. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately we had to oh, leave it again. Let's just talk about being there. That was much better. That part sucked. Um, or... Yeah, it was. Uh, who's uh, fault? Yeah, bring it, to, bring it to life for me, man. I wasn't yeah. there. I'm not saying. 
Let's have a, no. let's have a little trouble session wish, with John. Really Could you, you put a sign over your head, <laughs> the stand on a little wooden box and hang your head, and we'll... I need you to make a dunce cap out of a big piece of post. Shame ribbon. I'm thinking shame, shame ribbons. Shame ribbons. Shame ribbons with uh, Rillian glyphs on like them. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it was absolutely Good. everything I had hoped it would be. <laughs> so, uh, John, basically, we went to heaven on earth. And we're surrounded by wonderful, loving people who made us feel I don't, at home at all times, had a shitload of fun, I, and went this, home. So that was the Red Roof Inn. <laughs> what else did y'all do? Nice. <laughs> we stayed at a Marriott. Uh, we did. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, all of us actually showed up on Wednesday. Which Very was nice. nice. Um, um, Wednesday afternoon. We had a nice uh, room at the Biltmore, 15th floor. That was pretty terrific. Although I do have to admit that I think that the good friends had equally good accommodations being literally a minute and a half away in the narrowest building in Providence. But they were only two minutes away from the venue and uh, from what I understood, it was, it was an Airbnb. It was far cheaper than what we paid for that room. Well, I was looking at Airbnb before we did the room, and it was recommended that, was me. that no, we want to be in the hotel. So I, that was him. That's what we did. Next time, I'm thinking, okay. let's take but, a look at the Airbnbs um, as well. Especially um, Magnus's Airbnb was quite nice as well. Um, having stayed in there on Sunday night, uh, it was right above Blake's Tavern. Oh. I still, I, we I all still are like familiar that. with Blake's. That's where. Yeah. You still like the hotel? No, the hotel. Oh, was, yeah, you know the hotel what? Was great. The Biltmore was, was beautiful. absolutely stunning. Yeah, and we had a walk-in closet nice to be in a freaking hotel room. We had two king-size mm-hmm. beds. I mean, a couch, two TVs. I mean, come on, it was great. The bedroom was separate. Yeah, it was from absolutely the fantastic. Room. There was nothing that can be said wrong. It was wrong a lot easier to bring, room, except for the oh, air really? conditioning. Too, too blasted. Too low. Too, too, well, too not worky. Yeah. Would not would. Would not cool properly. Um, it, it, it made it easier to but. bring 22 puppets from mm. the 15th floor down to the second floor. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this, Chad. Um, last time you had this big Murph, Murphakwa, fucking Windwalker, Murphakwa um, puppet. This time you had 22 Bali shadow puppets. What the hell are you going to do next time? You're kind of setting yourself up for <laughs> failure here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. All right. So, uh, yeah, we the first night, we all had a huge meetup. Um, we met the good friends of Jackson Elias, with Scott Dord, uh, Matthew Sanderson, Paul Fricker. Huge shout out to those three guys. And then we met all of the Skype of Cthulhu guys and a whole bunch of other people that yeah. were on our um, group chat that we have for Necronomicon. We all kind of met up at Blake's Tavern um, Wednesday night and proceeded mm-hmm. to... We sort of inhabited it was like a, the whole back. Yeah, there it was, was like a, a mini gamer con. And it oh, was and Lynn glorious. Hardy was there as well. It was insane. It was one of the best group meals that I think I've ever been a part of. Everywhere you looked was somebody that everyone mm-hmm. knows. 
and everyone having an absolutely fantastic time. Um, it was it was really a really special night. Yep. I saw yeah. that uh, group photo on Facebook that night, and that actually happened to be the same evening that my brother finished formatting uh, for the love of, and. I immediately, I immediately tried yeah. to, you know, forward it out to all, all of you guys. And I, I eventually got a hold of Dan on the phone. And I was like, if you guys are still there, you're surrounded by people, yep. pass your phones around, show this to guys. So. <laughs> yep. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I actually spoke to John while we yep. were at that dinner. Huh. Yeah. And he told, yeah, we showed the yeah. thing around. Was, we, we mentioned it. Yeah. And I, I brought up the. Uh, the the document on my phone, I was able to pass that around a little bit, but so yeah, we John had a minor you know and little appearance in there. Oh, Wednesday and it was all self guided, right? There was nothing yes. official happening. I think there was Correct. an opening. There was some Correct. kind of yeah. opening party, but I think the art gallery opened officially Wednesday okay. night as well. Um, but we didn't go to that. We had a much better venue in the back of Blake's mm-hmm. Tavern. With thirty of our closest friends, yep. yeah, it was absolutely it really was. fantastic. It was great, and uh, and and I still need to get the copy of that picture from uh, that just, night because I don't yeah. have it. Just rip it from Facebook, and I really want that picture. Yeah, just steal it from Facebook, bro. I just have to find. Uh, it. Go on my site. I have <laughs> I have it shared in my feed there as well. You should be able to find it pretty easy. Okay. All right, there was uh, some pre-con drama, and I suppose it's spilling over into during-con and post-con drama. Um, at this Necronomicon, as there was in 2015, this time the skinny is that um, about a week before the convention, S.T. Joshi, who is arguably the world's leading scholar of Lovecraft studies, announced he would not be attending and would boycott any convention organized by the convention organizer, Niels Hobbs. So, via his fan page, a statement was posted that he said that Niels Hobbs st- stabbed him in the back and then lied about it. And then, uh, after promising to keep Love- Lovecraft haters entirely off any programming, he then deliberately included several of those individuals in various events. That's nearly a quote. Uh, he was talking about a list, Joshi was talking about a list that he provided to convention organizers of people he did not want on panels because... They had, quote, nothing to contribute to the discussion of Lovecraft or weird fiction and were merely there to showboat. And that list included Scott Nicolay, who, by the way, is a host of the Outer Dark podcast. That was that one that was opposite us on Saturday. And we had that whole thing during setup that was weird um, where we were scheduled for the same place. But anyway, we'll touch on that in a second. We will touch that in a second. Um, he, so he said that Nicolay, uh, is a Lovecraft hater par excellence in part because he called for Lovecraft to be replaced as the face of the world fantasy awards and, um, highlights Lovecraft's racism in his writings. Um, the list of people on that, on the sort of blacklist, which Joshi has scoffed at it being called a blacklist, but for now, let's say that it is. Uh, included Ellen Datlow, who uh, was a guest of honor at the convention and is, you know, a longtime editor going back to Omni Magazine and 
has several mythos fiction anthologies. Joshi claimed she led the charge to replace the bust of Lovecraft as the uh, award uh, with a tree. I think it's a tree. Is it a tree? Anyway, whatever it became, weird twisted tree. Um, so Dat- Datlow, in response on Facebook, corrected the record there and said that um, she also defended her status as a worthy voice in the realm of Lovecraft and mythos fiction and said that she... Um, that it was a unanimous decision by the board. She was on the board to replace that bust, and uh, everyone agreed and that she wasn't actually the person who headed it up, which is kind of besides the point because, um, you know, there's a question of whether or not people should be excluded on that basis in the first place. Um, Niels, by the way, has denied that claim that he first approved of a plan to uh, have a blacklist of some panelists and then reneged. He has denied that that happened. Joshi says Niels did so. <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth on this. I I mean, I hate to laugh because some, some did too, yeah. did not did too. Yeah. There is a whole lot of that going on. There's a lot of that going on. There are, um, some, uh, vitriolic supporters on either side. There is, um, yeah, just a lot of controversy about this and whether, whether it's okay in the first place to, you know, exclude people. Niels's response is kind of like, well, everybody is, we want to include all voices. We want to include new voices. The idea that they have to be, you know, have 40 years of Lovecraft scholarship in order to qualify is, you know, he wants to uh, encourage new new people, even in the criticism world. Joshi was saying, well, these people aren't contributing anything, and all they're doing is hating Lovecraft. So here we are. And um, it did turn out that, uh, so he has quit the convention. He said that uh, he also has denied that it's significant. Uh, he said he, he has denigrated its its significance in, in Lovecraft, um, in scholarship, Lovecraft scholar. Yes. Thank you. And, Mm -hmm. uh, says that the focus on the weird is, uh, narrow politically circumscribed and ultimately an exclusionary direction. Joshi was by the way, cited at a reading on Sunday with one of his friends. Yep. I saw him downstairs when I went to use the restroom. Yep, he was right below the gaming room, so we all kind of saw him. He was there signing books, and um, which is an interesting version of the word boycott, I thought. But right, whatever. So, so that's that's the situation. Uh, it's still kind of unfolding as far as what it means. There's been, I, I'm going to say, I'm not going to call it a rumor because I think it's a silly suggestion that uh, somebody put up that uh, Joshi run his own mythos convention and invite who he wants and i don't know that might happen but there's no real meat to that yet so there it is uh, another convention marred by ridiculous um well i hate to i hate to diminish <sighs> it's i know where you're coming from it's not it's not insignificant but the way in which that they're going about this is somewhat ridiculous you have to admit that yeah i just find some of the accusations to be uh, obnoxious, um, way over the top. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. They're, I have issues with the language that's being thrown back and forth. Yeah, I do too. I think probably social media could be a factor in this because a lot of really the worst, most crappy stuff has been posted on, 
on Facebook um, from defenders, from people outside the direct controversy, Niels and um, Joshi. Joshi. I I think also that we need to mention that uh, Joshi's Facebook group uh, closed down not long after. Closed to the uh, public. Yeah. Yeah, closed to the public. Uh, So it's a private group now. You can't get in it. You can't look at the updates anymore. It's just, you know, it's odd the way all this happens. I don't understand all the hate here, honestly. But whatever. Yeah. I think it needs to be more inclusionary in general. If you're going to talk about it, let's talk about it in one of these panels. That's what these panels are for. That's my reason. That's exactly my point. That's that's my takeaway is why not show up and speak? Why? Yeah. You know, you want to flame them, flame them in public at the dang panel and make for, you know, a potentially great panel. Um, And the funny thing is I was rereading the other day um, some of the breakfast uh, sermons from the original Necronomicons. The 90s ones? And the 90s ones. And in 95, uh, Robert Price makes mention of um, Elsprague de Camp had just released the previous year, or the two years prior, had just released his biography of Lovecraft, which was not Oh, well right. received That's at right. the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and at the 95 prayer breakfast, uh, Robert M. Price says, you know, we had some real crazy stuff go on, uh, but look beside me. Here's Elsprog de Camp sitting next to me, uh, going to speak next. And there's, you know, and you listed these people that all of them had been in this huge flame battle. Right. Essentially. That's really um, interesting, just, man. A couple of in, a couple of uh, years prior, and then two years later, there they all are. And this is Price and DeCamp, you know, the biggest factors of that original battle, um, were side by side and enjoying themselves. So I, I would like to see that that would happen again. But um, Facebook, I think, in this case, has exacerbated things far beyond what uh, should have been. I would say from Joshi and. Niels, that Niels has been sort of overly cautious. In fact, his first post was kind of vague booking in a way. It was sort of like, those of you who know the situation know that we like to include people. It was very, very unspecific at first, uh, to, to a point where it was frustrating for me. And then um, Joshi has been posting through a proxy because he doesn't really do Facebook. So on that fan page, I forget who it is, but somebody posts on his behalf. Is it? Isn't it Baker or somebody? I've, I'm sorry that I've forgotten who it is. And, and actually, now that it's closed, I can't check back. Whoa, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? Sorry, my chair spun. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a hell of a spin. I, uh, I wanted to get the quote right um, from Price. And oh, yeah. I, I, have, I have the chat book, uh, The Sermon on the Mound and others. And The Sermon on the Mound was the one in which he references that. Okay, here it is. Um, this was the first, this is 1995 Cthulhu prayer breakfast sermon on the mound. This is the famous one from Robert M. Price quote. Well, enough frivolity. This really is a great ecumenical event and we ought to commemorate it appropriately. Who 20 years ago could predict that we'd have this particular lineup on this podium. Remember the way the lines of division ran then remember the reaction of hardcore Lovecraftians to Sprague de Comp's biography of Lovecraft. 
I wouldn't have been surprised to hear he had been mysteriously bumped off by a couple of nautical-looking Lovecraftians on his way home from the harbor. And yet, here we are. El Sprague de Camp himself, Ramsey Campbell, Devil's Disciple, Derleth Protégé, and the kingpins of Necronomicon Press. I guess with that, I guess that with strange eons, even old grudges may die. Amen. So, I mean, it's interesting that it might have taken some time between the publication of El Sprague's, uh, or Sprague de Camp's biography and the first Necronomicon, but, I mean, there was obviously a huge derision there. And yet, you know, they overcame that. Well, maybe maybe this serves as an example of hope then, because it did that. There was more time involved than right. There, there was there, there were years involved. There so, was a yeah. There were twenty years in between, uh, and I got that wrong. I apologize, but there was twenty years in between. Apparently, um, the publication of Sprague de Camp's um, biography and the Sermon on the Mound in nineteen ninety five. Yeah. So. So, you know, it's possible, but I, I personally want to hear from people I disagree with and I want to have people I agree with fight with them, (laughs) or I want to have the chance to talk back and make comments in the audience. I just find it really, I find boycotts annoying. I find shutting down other people's, um, speech annoying, uh, all that. And I would like can to, we, to come back. Can we cut all that crap out that Jad just said and just trash all that? <laughs> okay. Just as, an, just as an edit. Oh, were you speaking, Chad? Sorry. What the fuck? He's trying to <laughs> shut me down. He's, I get, it's, that was cold. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be funny. Uh, yeah, well... I think we can leave it there. We can continue the discussion maybe on the forums. Um, that's, I'm done. Thanks for bringing us down, Chad. Uh, we have Necronomicon news. Uh, so, yeah, we went uh, Thursday was the official opening. We all went to the church, to the First Baptist. I saw uh, you guys. Providence. Yep, I saw you guys pictured there. Thankfully, oh, yeah. it was nowhere near as warm as it was in uh, 2015. So it was actually bearable. Uh, in 2015, we were, it was real hot in that room. Um, and not just because of what was being said on stage. It was just warm. Uh, this year, it wasn't nearly as bad. Uh, so that was, that was quite nice. Yeah, it was actually pretty comfortable. And then after that, we, uh, yeah, it was pretty comfortable. I think after we did that, what did we do Thursday, guys? Thursday was Big Nazo, uh, the puppet. Puppet concert. Was that Thursday? Yeah, in the oh, evening. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We, so they had a band that was dressed up in giant foam puppet costumes, crazy stuff. Which I That loved. played live, which Chad, Chad yeah. danced to like a drunken idiot uh, and was just lost all inhibition as he tried to summon Cthulhu himself. <laughs> it was quite even... pleasant to watch. I was all sober, man. It's just, it's the drunkenness of uh, just life and just loving life. It was just loving the cult right there. Um, it, it was a really cool concert. Yeah, I missed that. That that makes me sad that I missed that. It was part. really cool. It was worth going to. I wasn't sure about it at first, but uh, it turned out that it, it worked out really good. Um, and then after that, I think we went and ate dinner or something, didn't we? Uh, dinner would have been before mm-hmm. that. Before but- that. Before that, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't remember what we did afterwards. Uh, this is all, by the time this happened at 10 or so o'clock, I don't know about y'all, but I was three sheets to the wind. So. Mm, I didn't have all those sheets. I, I was. Uh, you didn't have as many? No. Not on. Not on Thursday. Uh, but it was a great night in general. It was a fantastic time. Uh, Friday was when we really yeah. got down to business though. I think we can started all started that off with mm-hmm. Friday panel was crazy that yeah, you were on a panel. Yeah. Yes. Well, the first, the first yeah. lot yeah. of panels for the convention and there I am <laughs> for nice hope versus right. pure Cthulhu gaming. And that was a lot of fun. It was, yeah. it was a good panel. It was, uh, the last 15 minutes yeah. was great. It was annoying because all of the schedules on the website kept saying that it was in the Biltmore and then they moved it to the Omni, but all my printouts had the original, you know, room. And so I, it took forever to find the thing. Yeah. They had a bunch of, I will admit this in general, it seems like the planning for this one suffered, um, in things like that, uh, room placements. We experienced it ourselves on Saturday, which we'll get to. There was a lot of confusion at times over where mm-hmm. the dang panels were supposed to actually be on that first day, at least. And then after that, it kind of settled in and, and people knew where they were going. But on Friday, it was very frustrating at times to try and yeah. figure out what in the heck was actually going on. But, you know, eventually we got it settled in. But that that aside, yeah, that aside, it was fine. And yes. the dealer hall opened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this year it was in a different place from it was in 2015. So if you were in 2015, you remember that we were in the big glass convention center of the Omni hotel. Uh, it was where the dealer room was on the upstairs portion of that, I believe. Um, this year, however, they had it in the actual Omni, uh, in the hotel proper in some of the, uh, convention halls that they have inside the hotel itself. And so it was split into two levels. The The bottom level was the more traditional, and then the uh, top level was more, I think it was supposed to be more artists and uh Yeah, that was stuff. supposed to be like the artist alley, I think, is kind of yeah, what the but it was got, supposed to be. Yeah, but it didn't work that way. It ended up all kind of being mixed around. But yeah. um, it, it, either way, it was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of stuff, the sheer awesomeness of stuff that is available at at that venue and it's on its own right is worth going to that show. Um, mm-hmm. just make sure that you have a seriously padded pocketbook oh, because man. you will not be able to get extra empty there. suitcase. Did, yes. Did you exactly. guys, I'm assuming you guys each got at least one thing that you were, uh, coveting, yeah. uh, care yeah, to share. I got I, several here to share. I'd love to hear yes. how things went. I I bought um for the first time every year since 2013 I have wanted a Joe Brower's piece and um what the hell's happening behind me um and I finally got the brown jenkin from Joe nice. Brower's nice nice which I love that's a good one yeah. I've got a bunch of Brower stuff but I couldn't stay away either and I ended up getting uh Joe made these um sealed test tube type not test tubes but they're like specimen jars specimen jars yeah they're specimen jars and they come with uh these strange little embryonic monsters inside of them and they're filled with a 
clear resin, essentially, uh, and you place them on a base that comes with them with a little tea light inside. And so this orange glow comes up through the base into this, um, into this uh, little jar and it, it just plays the light plays off the little thing inside and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, it's sitting on my bookshelf. That right sounds now. awesome. Uh, it's great. After seeing Murph's, I had to get one of those too. Yeah, it is really, really yeah. cool. We all got a brewer's. Yep. And that was actually my second Brewers. My first one that I picked up was I now have the Father Yig. That's a good one. We talked about those years ago. Yeah, that's that's awesome. See, I already have. Yeah, I've already got a Chagrafagen and a uh, Dagon, the big giant ones. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's the old Chagrafagen. He came out with a new version of his Chagrafagen this year, which is really, really cool. But I still like the older one um and then i have his shoggoth as well so i've got a good four of his pieces now five if you count our uh the pedestal i mm-hmm. forgot the one we had for our, our true our fa- right. crowd work forgot about it but um so then also i picked up oh, let me get her name oh i have her name it was uh oh from there Etsy? Was, the the yeah oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, it was um, the That's Etsy store, and her, Shit. it's Dr. Von Drachen is the store on Etsy. Um, it's not open right now. It says that she's been at cons, and she'll open up in the fall, which is cool. But her booth was fantastic. I mean fan-flipping-tastic. Um, and I could not walk away without something. Uh, Chad forced me to buy stuff. Yeah, that was my doing. He's, he's an evil, evil man. Um, but yep. what I ended up with was another creature in a test tube because I really like that idea of that. I, I want to have like a curio cabinet at some point and, and why not? Um, and then she also had these strange little um, clear resin, half cir- half orbed, I guess paperweights that have like bugs or little pieces of bone or other little strange little knickknack stuff cast into the resin there. And they were only a dollar a piece. So I got a couple of those, uh, in addition to the other test tube filled with, um, another little monster baby thing. Wicked. It was really cool. Yeah. That's your, that's your favorite. I realized that I was trying to talk and do that at the same time. Anyway, just uh, can we go backwards just a little bit and ask Dan oh, like, yeah, what yeah, were yeah. some of the highlights oh. of the panel in the morning? Yeah, for the uh, the Pulp versus Paris. Uh, I, I think yeah, um, who won? Pulp won pretty well, especially when uh, Lynn decided that uh, she was actually going to openly state that she's uh, more of a Pulp girl at heart. And... Um, Basically, poor Paul was kind of left, you know, twisting in the breeze all by his, himself. And so, the, yeah, that was sad. Um, oh, man. But it, 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 it really did come down to... That was funny as well. Yeah, we, we all think both of these styles are perfectly valid. And that there's no real reason for it to be a point of contention for anything. It's whatever 
suits your group and have fun. That was also my first time ever meeting Chris Lackey. So I got to sit down next to him and all of a sudden oh, yeah, the partners. I'm cool. like, uh, okay. <laughs> I've been listening to this guy for <laughs> years and years. And yeah, it was, that was a, a good fun. panel. It was good. I unfortunately did not get that recorded. My, uh, the whole recording thing just didn't work out as well as I really wanted it to. Don't worry, me and Chad know exactly what you mean. What, uh, because of the previous year? Yeah. Yeah. We got it. We attempted to record. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We got it. We've attempted to record other things. I mean, we got our show, but we've attempted to record other things. Yes, we have failed at that. that, Yeah, that's a, that's an art form, man, and and it needs to be perfected. Yeah. It's one we're not used to, to be honest. We do this enough, we can almost make this work every time. Yeah, almost. <laughs> but uh, sometimes we're not we're not real good when you mix it up on us. Uh, uh, what else did you do on uh, on Friday, Dan? Because um, I'm more curious to hear what you got up to, uh, to be see. honest. Friday lunchtime, we had the uh, HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast Live. HP Podcraft. Yeah. That was fun. That was a good one. I yeah. missed it. That. It was a whole lot of fun. And I did not go the, to that. Uh, I was. I think it actually worked out fairly well having the podcast stuff at from the noon to 1.30 time. Because one, it gave a little bit longer than the usual panel. Yeah. And so I think that was really yeah. nice to have that little bit yeah. of buffer. And um, it wasn't that hard to get something to eat before or after. But yeah, the. HP Podcraft Live was a blast. They covered uh, another really bizarre August Derleth story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Which is great. It's yeah. It's fun to listen. They to seem the to bad do stuff. that yeah. for their Necronomicon appearances. I mean, last time they did the one with the seven Edgar Allan Poe clones, and uh, it's so right. weird. <laughs> and right. yeah, awesome. so we had another strange August Derleth story for this one, and I'm looking forward to hearing the recording on that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing Andrew Lehman actually read this stuff, because we've heard his voice so much, and actually meeting him, and hearing the voice come out of a, an actual flesh-and-blood human was just sort of weird, because he he's become like my voice of Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian story reading. Right. Right, and the other thing is he's he's a he's a pretty damn good actor. So yeah. when yeah. when you watch him in person, he's his, very emotive. Yeah, his reactions. He, I, my eyes are sort of transfixed on him because he, he his his expressions when they're doing the we we watched uh, Brotherhood of the Beast later that day, and mm-hmm. um, just watching his face during the whole thing is awesome. <laughs> and you don't That's pick that up I, on yeah. radio. I, I, I didn't go to the HP Podcraft one. I went to the um, I went to the other HPLHS thing. That doesn't uh, sound one. right. You no, went- they had two. They had Brotherhood of the Beast, and then they <laughs> had the other one. Oh, on yeah, Thursday. the um, Hunter of the Dark. On th- the Hunter of the Dark. Yeah, Thursday. I went to that. Yeah, was that? Yeah, Thursday? that went. That yeah. happened on Thursday, I think. Good grief, man! I can't even yep. put all this together. Hunter of the Dark was Thursday at eight p.m. Yeah. Okay, I went to that. Yeah, I might have fell asleep in it. <laughs> in fact, I can, I'll just go ahead and say it now. I did fall asleep in it, and Paul Fricker was making fun of me. 
All right. Uh, really? <laughs> Good. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Because I would Good nod you, off Paul. and then I jerk. I jerk awake because I was falling down because I was sitting on the floor against the wall. <laughs> and then I jerk awake and make this weird look in my eyes. And the guy sitting next to me would stare at me. And then Paul would just kind of glance over and be like, hey, you're. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, me and Paul went to that. Um, on Thursday, I, and then I missed the Brotherhood of the Beast one because I was—I think yeah. I was playing games at that point. Okay. Oh yeah, I think I played a game on. That's right. That was my afternoon activities. It played um, yeah. the. Oh, you and I played the Bluebeard? Bluebeard's Bride. Bluebeard's Bride. Yep. There you go. I was going to let you try and figure it out Ooh, on your own. So. How was that? That was okay. fascinating. Dark, strange, horrifying weird wonderfully inter- uh-huh. enjoyable yeah i sat in yep. and just kind of observed for the last 20 minutes or so and that is such a weird thing yeah it is so good though um oh it's brilliantly we, written I it mean, really really is i cannot say enough how awesome that game was um mm-hmm. but it is not uh for the faint of heart Let's shall we say, yeah, it's intense. It get, yeah, it's intense, yeah. and and I don't mean just like thematically, but because of the way that it's structured, and because you're all playing an aspect of the same person, so you're all parts of her psyche, the bride's psyche. The things that you're the thing, if you try and stay in character, at least, um, the things that you're forced to contend with might be completely alien to you shall we say yeah um and it and it it it's an interesting reflection upon yourself as much as it is a reflection upon the character that you're playing absolutely um, yeah it was a really eye-opening experience in general yeah it's a it's a feminine horror game and mm-hmm. all of the players were guys so mm-hmm. i don't know if yeah. that was necessarily by design but that's what happened and so here we are sort of projecting what we think would be horrifying or what we think a a woman's a, a part of a woman's psyche would be and as you say it's a kind of interesting mirror um to you know shed light on your own attitudes it's 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 really intense sean murphy did a great job running the game it's totally Absolutely. improvisational there's a it, yeah it, it's it's yeah Really great. It's and I'm really, really good. Super happy. Yeah, me too. I, that was one of the highlights for me is playing in that game because it, it was really cool. And everyone who played in that game had an absolute blast doing it. It was, uh, it was unanimously loved, I believe. I don't think anyone didn't enjoy it. And all people who are known so it, to, to this circle. So it would be Magnus, yeah. uh, who is right. known from the assholes. Uh, right. the um, Randall from Skype, from Skype of Cthulhu, Cthulhu and Edwin mm-hmm. from Skype of Cthulhu. So, and then Chad and myself. It, That's it, awesome. It was yeah, fantastic. I, I felt terrible that I missed that uh, Kickstarter, that campaign that was going on. Actually, kind of my justification to dive into Yellow King was because uh, the the Bluebeard Bride got away from me. I'm like, well, I'm I'm not gonna miss I'm not gonna miss this next one, you know, this next campaign mm, that seems uh, interesting to me. I'm not gonna sit sideline. So, 
yeah, I wish I had gotten into that. Uh, we had oh you you can we, still we even had a Bluebeard's Bride. Yeah, true. Oh yeah, um, we did have a very interesting right? conversation. I th- I think that we probably should bring up Chad. Um, oh. yeah, we probably should mention it. I mean, we had a conversation of whether or not we should record this. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Um, a- ahead of time, and we ultimately decided that we shouldn't. Pretty unanimously, uh, I think. Pretty yeah. unanimously yeah. decided that we shouldn't. And I'm actually, I'm fairly glad that we did. Oh, sure. Um, because it it's tough subject matter at times. And then we're white, middle-aged males. So, you know what I mean? And this is literally a feminine horde game. So, it, it can be... Awkward is, I think, the best uh, possible scenario. Yep. That's that's exactly <laughs> the word I was. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, Very that's best awkward. case. It was. Yeah. Even just sitting here listening, I was just like, "This is so bizarre." And well, it, this game is like. Oh, and Max, Max was in that game it, as well. It's like a psychological study in interactive form. Yeah, it's yeah. genius. It's Max, absolutely brilliant. Ma- it really is. Uh, Maxwell was in that game as well from Skype with Thulu before we forget, wasn't he? Max? He was, the, was Max in that? No. Are you sure? Yep. It was, it just only takes five. So it's Randall, um, Edwin, myself. He was the Animus. Right. Edwin was the. I don't remember them all now. Um, you were the, you were, uh, the Fatale. Yes. Randall was the Animus. Magnus was the witch. Mm-hmm. You were the mother. I was the mother, and Max Edwin. was the virgin. No, Edwin, Edwin was, was the virgin. There was no Max. There was no Max. Wow, I keep wanting to put Max in there. Yep. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, it's Max. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Question, Dan, from yeah. hearing it, put you on the spot. Would you mm-hmm. want? Would you be moved to play it? I'm really not sure. That's something I would actually have to think about for a little while because it was, you know, I deal with enough psychological issues in my own life that I really don't know if that's something I really want to dive into in that kind of level. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that makes you kind of, you know, embarrassed of your gender. (laughs) Right. Right. You you walk out of that game with, you know, with a coating of shame. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, I actually felt better after I finished playing it than I did going in. I was actually slightly nervous going in because I knew what I was up for. Because I backed the project and Mm -hmm. I've read through the rules, so I knew how touchy this might actually get. Um, But I was, even as awkward as it was, I felt generally better for playing it and finishing it than even though we were rushed for time towards the end, um, than having gone into it. Uh, you know, I, I felt better before afterwards than I did beforehand, if that makes any sense at all. I think I was really leery about it going in, but after playing it, I can understand. I mean, you could almost use this in a, in a, in a clinical setting is how yeah. powerful mm. that game can I, be. It, it would have to be, you know, very carefully done, but yeah. This thing's, this has got some, you know, very strong, very intelligently designed psychological 
elements to it. Yeah. So should we cover Saturday? Uh, yeah, anything we else probably on? should. Yeah. Friday was what? What happened Friday night? Brotherhood of the Beast and <laughs> oh, I oh, had a. That's the night I got lost. Okay, I had a f- uh, I think a two hour conversation about the Oxford comma with um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the Red Fez. With, what was your stance with Christopher and uh, my stance is non orthodoxy. But that, by necessity, means that the lack of Oxford comma is should be allowed. Uh, sometimes that's fucking chaos. I'm just saying, whatever. <laughs> uh, you don't want to. We don't. We don't have time, man. We don't have we don't. time. We don't. We but, don't. Uh, but that's fine. I wish I, enjoy- I was there for that. Unfortunately, but, it didn't work out. But I bring it up because uh, Nick and Christopher and myself, who were involved in that conversation, all of us who have done some copy editing. It was really fun to have a civil, like, intelligent conversation. It felt like a Necronomicon experience, because <laughs> it was... Yeah. It was a, yeah. Where else just, are you going to have that conversation? Exactly. Esoteric and um, impassioned and yet fun and cordial, you know, like debates ought to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasant argument, is what you're saying. Yeah. Instead of a flame fest. Yeah, that's what it was. No, the flame fest was on WhatsApp later on. (laughs) (laughs) Were you part of the WhatsApp? You know, I started a WhatsApp group um, about the Oxford comma. And I think think it's fair to say this. I think I can say this even though um, uh, I invited Mike Mason, who immediately quit the group. (laughs) (laughs) I... <laughs> could I, not, I was could, on. Could not quit fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, was, I think he, he had one post, and it's I'm not even getting into this. No, he had yeah. no posts. It was just it, it was like he has left the group. My, Mike Mason has left the group. <laughs> this is I, not. No. I I am a member of said group. However, I muted that son of a gun real fast. <laughs> got it. Got ugly. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> so Bands Saturday, guys. Comma. Let's, we had more panels Saturday. on Saturday. Chad, well, you had Friday one. night, I did want to mention Friday night, I tried to brush my oh. teeth with flesh-numbing wound cream. That was... <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was one of those things that put me oh into giggle God. fits for a long time. I, we all got, I could I, not breathe <laughs> for a good 30 minutes. <laughs> We all got home at around the same time. It was like no, two. No. Well, Brian except- had been home for a couple of hours. All right. Well, yeah. Brian was talking to himself about the Oxford comma all in his lonesome. But then we showed up and I would, I, I do want to say this, guys. It was, it was probably the best. It was the most bonding time we had was that night. And that, mm-hmm. I don't know, felt like a couple of hours of just sheer laughter and uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was it it was the best time that i've had with the two of you guys together period and i would do it again in a heartbeat and i think we all ended with wishing that we all live down the road from each other yeah it was yeah. A really cool i do not wish that i um had put flesh numbing wound cream in my mouth <laughs> uh, no. that but was we were pretty grateful funny. for it <laughs> uh, yeah 
I was happy you did. I think my reaction was like, ah, <laughs> and yeah. running back and then into the bathroom ran. to see yeah. what you just did. And my mouth, my mouth started to go numb. It was like an anesthetic cream. <laughs> then he was like, <laughs> did somebody pay for an extra life thing for that? Is that what? Somebody yes, paid. I brought yes, it up on yes. in extra life. Yeah. Okay. All I right. threw well, in a few quit. bucks to have your character. Uh, the mouth. His oh mouth went numb. <laughs> I got hit by like a paddle or something. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my god! It was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So Saturday we had panels. Uh, uh, well, the guys had panels. Uh, someone did not have any panels. Uh, but uh, Chad, <laughs> Chad, and and Dan, <laughs> Dan, Chad and Dan were on the uh, gaming podcast panel. What was it called? The podcasting, podcasting and for gaming? games. There yeah. you podcasting for games panel. Yeah, uh, which was an interesting discussion, and basically it broke down into. Yeah, guys, we've already done that, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it was a litany of mistakes. Repeated over and over Well, again. a lot of the discussion was also, with that I didn't really understand going in, was that it was looking at focusing as live play games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I and had no idea either. At least honest. half of it was about how to run live play games. How do you put mm-hmm. a team together for that? Um. Like how do you organization, coordination, tech. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I think finally comments from the from the audience actually is what, what brought it around to what we had originally thought it was going to be about. Mm-hmm. Which was yeah, tech. About just, and, which was kind of our type of podcast like this, where it's more of a discussion thing. So we did get to cover yeah. some of that as well. Which was nice. And yeah, it, was it was fun, a very good, you know, it was hanging good out with uh yeah. I like uh John Hrasma finally got to meet him, and yep. it was uh, a lot of fun with you know with everybody on that, and I enjoyed it a lot. And hopefully that uh, audio will be coming out soon because my copy of it was uh, was a no go. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have a link to the Legends of Tabletop. I think it's Haremza. Sure. <laughs> just just step in and say I think it's Haremza. Sorry, it's Haremza. Mm. I thought that's what I said. Isn't that but... what he said? That's what he said. Okay. Well, all right. The edit will tell. Okay. <laughs> I said Vincent. Are you confused about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> then immediately after that, yeah, then immediately somebody after that. else came had in, a snap. was, was uh, coming in to set up their own podcast in the room that we were scheduled to do our podcast, and it was all sorts of weird. That was the Outer Dark podcast, and uh-huh. I, think, I think the guy wearing the fez, if I'm not mistaken, um, who we had to politely say, wait, we're booked here too, was... And had to get Niels to come and reposition them. Yeah, it was uh-huh. Scott Nic- Nicolay, who was in the center of that kerfuffle we aforementioned. Right. Which kind of makes it sad, like, I don't know, this, I, when I realized that, I was like, oh, God, like, that guy's been through the ringer already with this thing, and anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not I really time, like the thing they were putting up, though. We need to get one I of those. Know. 
I know. They had like yeah, a framework really cool. with a their show logo on it on like a it was a kind of a fabric or plastic banner that was held up by these frame and oh it was really cool. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Um I I you know, it wasn't our fault that that had happened. And I, I, I do apologize for them for it going down that way. But again, we didn't we didn't mean for that to happen and, and our our audience was already in place. So I mean mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, just awkward and weird. But in then we any had our case, show. Yeah, in any case, the the podcast was also awkward and weird, but in a good way, I'd like you know. Yeah. Yeah, the podcast was all of us plus the good friends of Jackson Elias with Mike Mason um, tapped square in the middle. Yep. Yep. And uh, actually, I'm really glad we had Mike there because he helped to guide things because there were so many of us. I think that actually helped a lot. He kind of did air traffic control. Uh huh. Yeah. We had and the uh, the weird organization that we you know threw together the night before. Well. Well, not not all of us. Uh, some of us, and I'm speaking directly about Chad here. Some of us prepped extensively for this. True. Yeah, there was a, but I meant more of the organization of the topics. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that was also yeah. discussed on an email chain. <laughs> it was, <laughs> but it was finalized at Murphy's Bar. That's uh, true. The night prior. Yes. Another place that was awesome. Yeah, yes. Murphy's is great. If you're ever in Providence, Murphy's right across the street from the Omni Hotel, right down the road from the Biltmore. Fantastic mm-hmm. food and drink. Yep. Good. Just be careful if you show up late, you're <laughs> going to have a guy singing, so you can't talk real well. Yeah. That's true. That part, yeah, that part was awkward. It's like, uh, dude, go away. <laughs> yeah. We need to next time, like, figure out where the live music isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the answer to that is Blake's. Um, Blake's is, yeah. They don't have live music, do they? They don't have the live music, which worked out really well for us. That's where we ended up um, on Sunday night after everyone else disappeared. Yeah. Um, so well, after show. the show. Well, yeah, after the, the show, show, we're just going to, I guess people oh, the, will hear no, it. So People are going to hear the show. That's true. I, we, will, we do have to admit that, as I alluded to earlier, we're good at recording this show. Well, marginally good at recording this show. We're not real good at recording live shows. Yeah, <laughs> I basically uh, I wound up plugging my main recorder into the wrong thing on the board of the mixer, and because I had a whole thirty seconds to figure it out and never seen that one before, so yeah, I wound up with one track of dead silence, and then everything else was just recorders either sitting on the table or just pointing at us. So. The and to be fair, my re- so awesome. My recorder that was on the table, I had the input a little low, so it didn't pick up as well as it should have. I never heard the end of that from our fair friend Chad. However, I do apologize for that, Chad. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Chad was I, all right, really, I, really, I, I had a little Chad temper tantrum. Really, I know. really upset. Yeah, really upset. Well, I just feel okay. Here's, I'll say two things. One. HP Podcraft can do it. We can meet. We can meet that. We can do it. We can do it, guys. Next time, 2019. Here's the second thing. Also, I would like to commend us, specifically not me, um, for having backup systems because the fact is that's what you do as a pro. 
is your primary, you know, one is none. So you have your primary and right. that failed, but we had backups. So we still have a show. We so had backups. I think we that had bears, backups. that deserves um, commending that we had backups. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And it was a blast. I, it, that it's was a really just good weird. discussion. Did that time too, yeah. just zip right by? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, it really did. It went by a lot faster than I thought it would. It was so much fun to watch Chad and his little Balinese shadow puppets. Oh, yeah. One of which actually, one of which actually stayed around until the very end of the convention, which was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, that's that right. It stayed room. on the table, I know. It stayed on the <laughs> table for, for another day and a half. Uh, it was really cool. The, um, I have some slivers of a uh, decapitated king head. Oh, do you really? It's way into my luggage. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot about that one. I was yeah, going to recreate it. The pieces were all over the floor. And so I had right. to just scoop uh, things up quick to clean up for. Yeah, because we next- had to get the heck oh. out of there. Uh, it was intentionally messy. <laughs> yes, yeah. You and we did, as promised, have. Um, of course, this will air after the show, but we did, as promised, have a puppet of John. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen photos yet, John? I've seen stills on Facebook, and there okay. was a there was like a brief, uh, maybe 10, 15 second video that uh, Max sent me mm-hmm. direct. Um, so it was Excellent. not very long, but it was it was really really <laughs> funny to see, and I could tell that that uh, Murph and and Mike uh, Mason were like holding it up and. Chad, I seem yeah. the way it seemed to me is that you were like doing the puppet mouth and maybe moving the eyes from the backside, you know. To, uh-huh. Yeah, in, in, that's to, right. Now, now, you know, full disclosure. So Chad and I got together to kind of conspire to do this, and uh, so we took some weird pictures and stuff, and with a really stark contrast, black and white. And then I recorded something. Now, when I recorded that message. I I goofed in my recording and I did one of those things that we do all the time, which is just the verbal edit. Like, hey, dude, you know, and I'm telling Chad, hey, can you just edit that out? I'm going to restart this, right? <laughs> Chad does no edit. Chad does you know, no, there's no edit. effing no. edit. No. And the whole thing is in there. Oh, and and so, you know, I'm listening to this that, that Max sent me and I'm just like, oh, my God. A, it was hilarious. And B, why didn't Chad edit that? You know, and it was just hilarious. Because it made it more we funny. To give them, <laughs> I was mortified. We wanted to give them the real John experience yes, we yeah. have to deal with pre-edit. <laughs> um, but you know also, what? I, I you do, know what? I actually edited it to make it worse. Oh, <laughs> yes, we did. Right. <laughs> quite a bit worse than the actual recording. <laughs> I also have to bring up the fact that Chad was the first and only person to drop the F-bomb in the live show. Oh, that's funny. Not yep. once, not once did I do it until Chad said, and get get it ready, Dan. Chad said, I mean, what the fuck? No, and no. And then I immediately. No. Misquote. No. No. No, it was fuck that. Somebody mm-hmm. was talking that. about. That's right. Yeah. Mike Mason, because I just edited yesterday. Mike Mason was yeah, talking it, about uh, that there are people who consider 
that if you're not doing Call of Cthulhu in a dark, dour, depressing, you know, hopeless manner, that you're doing it wrong. Yeah, fuck that. And that's, and that's the, the response we got from Chad. <laughs> yeah. It well, was so what, what, genuine and instant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. I was in front of people. Yeah. 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 Was, well, yeah. you were talking to the audience, which is all of, you know, the guys we've been hanging out with are good friends that yeah. were sitting in front of uh-huh. us. And so it was like a conversation we were just having with them. Exactly. You know? yeah. And then and it was just immediate. <laughs> Fuck that. And then immediately afterwards, like, oh. I didn't do it. <laughs> I did not do it. And I got to have some fun, you know, shaking my fist to the ceiling. <laughs> no. Yeah, by now, we have network sensors just following Murph. And so they probably were not expecting yeah. that to come from Chad. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah without a doubt. Well, everyone expects it to be me. But here, I'm just here to tell you that Chad is just as bad. No one expects the Chad. No one expects the chat. <laughs> well, so so wait a minute. I do. I want to go back. First of all, I just want to say that um, John and I did a whole photo se- session where I took took screenshots of him with shadow on the side of his face in order to make this puppet. Told mm-hmm. him not at all what was happening, and then gave that to my friend Galen Peugeot, Peugeot who is my um, partner with the Pelicoy thing, and had him uh-huh. do a cartoon. Um, shadow face thing. And then, so he sent that to me. And by the way, if you'd like to email the show, I can give you a puppet of John to print out. <laughs> oh, I so want one. I, would, I will give you one and just put it on poster board. I can give you instructions. I'll just put um, that on the website for download. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Instead of emailing. Idea. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah um, we probably don't want to email you. No, probably I, not. I, I, but, I actually uh, need to be notified of every email address that downloads that, please. Um. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I took, I've got photos. I've got photos of the production somewhere. I took that file and I took a data projector and a the mic stand that I'm using right now. And I projected it onto the floor onto poster board and then painted that's how i got that shape wow oh, wow cool. it looked amazing really cool. yeah it, it was really cool yeah it was a weird surrealistic monty python sort of thing very how, terry how, gilliam yeah how crazy cool was it guys to be on the stage with the good friends of jackson Alliance? yeah though? that was great oh, man yeah love those guys that was those are just the best people, man. Really. Just unbelievable. Yep. We tried to rise to their level of class. I'm not sure. Oh. I think I think more likely we dragged them on down. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had I think overall into the we abyss held our of own. F-bombs and you know. <laughs> it was Chad's abyss. Bad it was Chad's abyss of F-bombs. <laughs> I, I think we held our own though. I, I don't think we were I mean, those guys are uber talented and and just super super intelligent and i I think for what it was um we did quite well yeah Mm -hmm. i i I think uh i think people enjoyed it yeah so um we ran out of that hall and immediately did what guys extra life extra life Mm -hmm. let's talk about extra life that extra life was a big highlight for me i would say that was so much fun and it was dan and i's first con game that we have ran really yeah what yeah i've mentioned that several times i've never run a con game yeah i didn't yeah i didn't 
we were both con game virgins prior to Extra Life. Uh, and may weird I introduction. Say, <laughs> Very it, weird introduction. It was, it's yeah. not always like that. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot great. of fun. So Extra Life is a gaming charity. Basically, what happens is a bunch of dudes get in a room and run games for money. And people watching the game, people playing the game, can all donate money to the charity in order to force something to happen at the table. And at first, things started off fairly slow, um, but it really picked up. And I guess by about the, oh, and I think we should mention also that the tables are only, the GMs only sit at a table for 30 minutes. And so you're forced to run through a a really, really quick scenario in 30 minutes um, leading up to like a last man standing type situation where you basically are trying to kill everyone at your table as a GM, essentially. Um, And then whoever is at your table at the end of your 30 minutes is you're just replaced as a GM by another GM. Mm -hmm. And that just continues on for a six hour block until we or a four hour block. Was it six hour block? Uh, It was from two o'clock until six o'clock. So four, six o'clock or four hour block. I think it went longer than six though. But um, at the end of that was a huge, uh, hugely entertaining game that Mike Mason ran that lasted a, a solid hour um, where he took the, the, the remaining eight or nine players and ran them through his um, finale for the Extra Life game. And it was a raucous good time. I mean, there was more money getting flung around to make the people at that table do some weird stuff than I had. There was offhanded insults going to other people in the room via the table. It was fantastic. I saw a short video and, on that, a short video clip, and that looked like a lot of fun. It looked like there were plastic cups upside down on the table that were possibly being used as was, uh, as uh, miniatures to rep- Yeah, okay. Cultists. And they were just like, you know, this cultist yeah. is dead, and they're crushing the cup. And, yeah, so. he crushed. At, at the cultists... <laughs> were people that were yeah he was uh, in the video i saw and he did call out he called out murph in the video i saw and he called out uh, mike sanderson yeah yeah it was everybody was there it was was me there was chad dan um Mm -hmm. uh paul fricker sanderson doorward um i can't remember skype a cthulhu guys so guys uh edwin ran one i think Sean didn't. Uh, I ran one. Oh, Matt Puccio. Oh, um, Ian McLean ran one. Yes. Yeah. Um, Badger was there. Badger ran a game. Yeah, and in fact, at Badger's game, um, wasn't that the game where Niels Hobbs stopped by and? Ran, yeah, and he sat right next to me. Yeah, I, I role yeah. played with Niels Hobbs. There you go. <laughs> and and Badger killed him. <laughs> yeah, um, it was great. Um, I, I, yep. Yeah, I loved it. I had such a blast doing that. It it was, it it was such a hectic 30 minutes. Yeah. Like it was insane. And then people come up and give you a little slip of paper and it says something like, uh, one of the players at the table generates a, um, a catastrophic psychic power 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll roll with that. Sure. I mean, it, it's nuts, the stuff that you end up doing in that type of a game. Um, it was so much fun. I would definitely do it again at the drop of a hat. Yeah, I went in really skeptical, guys. I, I actually, I thought, and eh, it's for charity. This is kind of like a really bad idea in a way because it's 30 minutes. And what can you really do in 30 minutes? And now oh, it's interconnected. It sounds so silly. Frankly, it was one of the best con experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Just and extremely so silly. Much fun. Yeah, silly, but too, like, like with moments of, of freaky, like Scott Dorward killed me with a, a, somebody put a plushie down in front of him and made him use it, which, you know, of course, he hates pl- the Cthulhu plushies. And it, he killed me. It was our me. Miskatonic University podcast mascot plushie that yes, my friend did. It knitted. was. That's right. And it <laughs> killed me. He killed me with yarn, and it's the way he described it, like, like you know, going into my ears and kind of soaking up my brain tissues. It was just, like, <laughs> totally horrific, and yet gonzo, so. I had, um, we, me and Chad, prior to the con, had a huge miscommunication, uh, and Chad had asked me to create a monster, which I created. Oh, that's very right. Very proud of. <laughs> um <laughs> Should we go into that? Yeah, we should go ahead. Okay. And uh, Chad wanted me to create the... He said, well, okay. Here's so the deal. I get a Here's message. Deal. L- I got me, a message st- from Chad oh, let me saying... Start. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got a message from Chad and all it said was, hey man, I'm swamped. Can you make me a monster stat for shit weasels? Now, and do like, either yeah. of you... Stop right there. Stop right there. Okay. Do either right. of you, John or... Dan, know what that refers to? No. Not a clue. Damn, okay. Thank you. you. All right. So, I proceeded to create a monster manual style entry for the Malleus Monstorum based on shit weasels, okay? Weasels literally made of shit. They were basically Golgoroth, lesser demons. Uh, I mean, they were weasels of shit. Their, their primary attack was forced coprophagia. In, order, in other words, they forced themselves down your mouth because you eat shit. Coprophagia. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was a great monster. I love it, right? I send it to Chad, and he says, oh, man. Ah, wow, this is great. But, uh, <laughs> God, I think I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to change it a little bit, though, man. Uh, I was thinking of these shit weasels. And he sends me a link to a monster in a Stephen King novel called a Beerus or a Ripley, a.k.a. a shit dash weasel. By the way, the dash was important. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, which is a completely different... It's, it's from Dreamcatcher. Flipping, the, no. It's from Dreamcatcher. It's a completely different monster. And I remembered it once I saw it, but I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, Chad. So... Chad's like, oh, I can't do it. I'm uh, uh, so. How did I sound? Okay. What did I say again? Uh, uh. <laughs> and so I, uh, I said, all right, never mind. And I just left it. And I was pissed. And I waited a good three or four hours until loneliness hit again. And I went ahead and wrote up <laughs> the Beerus or Ripley, and then sent it to him. And he's like, oh, okay, this is this is more what I had in mind. I can I can definitely use this. Well, then he fretted about using it. 
He's like, no, I don't. Well, because I don't you, know. Then you were like, you're gonna use a shit weasel in your. I'm gonna use shit weasels. Hell yeah! yeah. I was like, I'm using shit weasels. You can't just use shit. Well, weasels. I'm using. You're using Beerus shit weasels, and I'm using shit weasels. You're gonna spoil I mean, it. But it turns out, <laughs> just it but, turns out, it didn't spoil anything. And no, because I went gag. first. Well, I went first. That helps a lot. It, it, <laughs> I went first. <laughs> Uh, By the way, the irony of ironies in my game yeah. with Badger, uh-huh. I was killed yeah. by a shit weasel. Uh-huh. So, yeah. uh, one of one of mine, yours, yeah, the one that goes down your throat. Yeah. Oh, really? Who paid for that? Oh, uh, that uh, makes a and, lot of sense. Yeah. And shit weasels made an appearance at the uh, at the end game with Mike Mason as well. Oh, man, that last scene with Mike Mason running kind of, uh, you know, there was uh, everyone at the end, uh, survivors, there was only one game at the very end, and Mike Mason ran it, and just watching that kind of stadium, everyone standing around watching the final episode was really kind of a powerful thing to behold. It was awesome. It was absolutely fantastic. And the way that Mike can run a game, Mike is an absolute master at that. I mean, he is touched when it comes to running a game at a con. I I just have to say that Mm -hmm. the guy is fantastic. He was able to draw in all of these crazy things that were coming at that table and people were laying down like 60 bucks a pop to get some of these things in this game. Um, and he rolled with it, no problems. Somebody wanted Paul Fricker to die by a tracked fish. Fricker had just died in the it just just died when they gave him the piece of paper. So instead, he killed Dor- Dorward with a tracked fish. I mean, it was it was nuts the way that he weaved all of this together and still made it absolutely wonderfully enjoyable. It, it was one of the best games that I have ever sat and just watched. It was so funny. It was so impressive just to see that go down. It, it was definitely one of the highlights for me. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, it was. And, and on, uh, on top of everything else, uh, I guess we should mention this. It raised a crap load of money um, mm-hmm. for um, Extra Life Charity, which uh, essentially gives uh, all of their proceeds to the Children's Miracle Network Fund. Um, it, it they, I think they what seven hundred and fifty bucks, something yeah, like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yep, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so, and that's twenty percent of their yearly goal is what we got them at that one uh, event. They didn't think that they would have anywhere near that. Edwin was talking about that. He did not expect that kind of a turnout for that game. But I'm telling you, the groups that we had running games, the players that we had in that room, it was absolutely infectious. And it, it was just an absolute blast to be a part of it. And I would definitely do it again at, at a moment's yeah. notice. Yeah, I'd want yeah. that to happen again, if possible. Yeah, every, every freaking year. That should be a highlight, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. And, uh, and we had like the 60 bucks that was made within, I think, like 30 seconds because on the first table that was in there somebody paid like 20 bucks to have a card drop down that said cthulhu arrives Mm -hmm. everyone at the table paid up to have it moved to the next table 
Yeah. That table all paid up to have that moved <laughs> then to the last table. Cthulhu rolls where downhill. I was jamming. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to have a TPK and uh <laughs> so I finished off my game with describing the roof caving in and this weird green stuff, you know, blobby thing just smashing through everything and the tidal wave of masonry and roof caving in as Cthulhu stepped on the building they were in. Awesome. What was the That's really cool. What was the setting that you had? It was um what I did was I put it into a a nameless uh research facility and there was basically a Mego that was there that was being um it was captured and basically it was being dissected and, and examined by humans and it finally got out of where it was being contained and it made itself new appendages oh. using equipment nice. and people and nice. it was a nasty clunky thing that you know the wings were gone and it was just kind of stomping around in completely bonkers even for something like Amigo. And uh yeah, that was fun. Nice. Really cool. cool. I another good one was Max's uh scenario that I ran or that I played in where he had everyone came through the portal at the beginning of the scenario and they were all in essentially what was a table filled with stuff, just normal stuff on a lab table. Um elder but they were everyone was miniaturized and it was an elder one. Um uh, is that right? An elder one? An Elder thing, sorry. It was an Elder Things lab table, but they were normal-sized, and we were miniature. Oh, and so that's awesome. It, yeah, it was mm-hmm. really, really cool. Um, it, it was a lot of fun to play in as well. So that was another really good one. And then um, Ian had a really cool one where he was, uh, everyone was hunters up in Canada. Right. They were, it, it just it, There was so much good stuff going in that room for those four hours, man. I mean, you could have just played those four hours and been satisfied with gaming. In fact, yeah. there was a number of people there that didn't know what the hell was going on, but we were so loud that people kept showing up. And uh, a number of the guys that I was talking to while you guys were running said that, no, they hadn't played in years, but they heard everybody in here having laughing and having a good time. So they just went in and started playing and, and absolutely loved it. And they were like, yeah, I'm going to have to start playing again because this was a blast. So oh, cool. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there were several people who had never played anything at all before. Yeah, there was a guy and his son at the at the yep. first table. Uh, yeah, they did really well. We played it. They did really well, and we had it, the we had the opiate guy sitting next to us. Um, that was awkward. Um, opiate guy, what are you talking about? <laughs> we had a guy at our table that was blasting. Oh my god! Oh no, really? Is that the guy who yeah, kept paying to was, have a gun? Yes, that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was off his rocker on opiates, man. Um, but he, yeah, it, it, but the kid and his dad did fantastic. The kid had never played a role-playing game before ever. Oh, wow. Um, it was a lot of fun. He enjoyed it. It seemed like he enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we ran through Edwin's partner with Extra Life, and I, I am so sorry. I can't remember his name right Sean? now. Sean? No, not Sean. Uh, the guy with the fez. 
It was the other oh, the other yeah, one. that was helping to run things with Edwin. I never yeah. caught his name. I cannot remember his name, and I am so sorry for forgetting it. But um, he ran the first game with uh, us, with me and Max, and then Opiate Man, and then the man and his, and his uh, son. And then it shifted straight into Max's game. Uh, and then I had to leave Max's game and run my own game. Um, it, it was just, it was just a madhouse of, of swapping tables and, uh-huh. you know, coming in and coming out. And I think I killed everyone at my table twice over. Um, but they all kept coming back in paying, you know, paying to come back into the game. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I anyway. got to sit down in, in your game and you killed me within like, what, two minutes, I think. I don't I even had, think it was that long, Dan. Yeah, I think I murdered it, you pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I killed think I killed by, him pretty uh, fast. Like boiling hot icing falling from a ceiling. Yeah, from and from <laughs> the ceiling. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that they were sense. in. A, well, they were in a gingerbread house. Uh, uh, it was a. It was a take on uh, Hansel and Gretel. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Max had urinated upon a, gr- a gingerbread wall uh, in order to to get out, essentially. Uh, someone had, was it, who was it? Keith? No, somebody, I don't remember. There's so many people. Somebody had garnered pyrotechnic, uh, uh, pyrotech, pyrokinesis. That's it. And yeah. um, every time they got hurt, stuff, random stuff would just catch on fire. Well, then they died or almost died. They came with like a point of death. And so the whole gingerbread house went up in flames. So Magnus is already peeing on the, on the wall to dissolve the gingerbread. And then it dissolved. Uh, unfortunately, the flaming icing and gumdrops and stuff dropped in from the ceiling and just immediately killed Dan because he failed all of his rolls horribly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And I only had six hit points and it just... Yeah, Done. he only had six hit points. So yeah, it, was, it did like seven, seven or nine points of damage to him immediately. So it was pretty much it. Um, but it was so much fun, man. We had such a blast doing that. Um, and, th- and then after that, I think we all see it was over at six. And what did we do after that on Friday night? This would be Saturday, Saturday night. night. So Saturday night. It ends at, well, karaoke is a part of the miasma of that <sighs> evening. Oh, yeah. Nice. Dan delivers. Another one rides the bus with a voice like Lemmy from Motorhead. (laughs) (laughs) Totally powers through it. Just, oh, man, like a rock star. It was. uh, Myself and Paul Fricker left karaoke and went and saw Sean Brainy and Andrew Lehman do sea shanties up the road at the bar. Which was absolutely fantastic watching those guys lead an entire packed bar in Innsmouth Sea Shanties, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it was it's so cool. Freaking awesome. I, so, I so would have cool. liked to have been at that too. Same here. You know, it's both of those. Sometimes were... you just... <laughs> ah! Yeah, you got to make choices sometimes that are painful. I know. Uh-huh. And, well, I'm, you know, when Paul Fricker. Of all people's like, come on, Murph, it'll be fun. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Uh, yeah. And again, I we were like nine or ten sheets to the wind at this point. Okay. Uh, so anything was down. It didn't really matter. Uh, 
but we had such a good night Saturday night. It was so much fun on so many levels. And then we ended oh, it yeah. back at Murphy's with a huge yep. table, giant table full of friends, all of us eating and drinking and have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a fantastic, another fantastic night. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah. then Sunday. Sunday, I, I think I got up first to do the panel. Mm-hmm. Yep, you said your panel yeah, at panel. nine. Favorite scenario. I went to the panel. Yeah, Murph was there. Were you were there? I was there. Yep, yeah, yep, I yep. There. I, went, I slept I was through there it. before you were there. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, no worries, man. <laughs> I would have slept through yours had it been reversed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure. I, I don't Com- sleep much, so I, I commend was up you. and ready. Yeah, I commend you, but... um. Yeah, that was that was a that was a good panel. We had an interesting discussion. I had prepared Tell us about what the panel was. Oh, the panel was about uh, it's sort of a strange title, "Call of Cthulhu's Favorite Scenarios." I think the idea is that it was uh, you know each panelist's favorite scenarios. Well, I think I know that the idea was that we picked. Mm-hmm. We were told to pick five of them. Um, so I prepared. I think a three-hour. If it had just been a monologue. <laughs> I had an, enough material for three hours talking about this is classic all, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> overdoing it, man. And it turns out, you know, we had, of course, it's an hour long panel, and there's four of us, so we have 15 minutes apiece. Plus, Mason has his his two cents to put in as moderator, and uh, so is Badger. Got to share a panel with Badger, which is great. Um, Christopher is cool. Adair, yep, mm-hmm. and oh shit. Paul Fricker? Yes. <laughs> Paul Fricker. <laughs> he was, you know, so far away I couldn't I couldn't see him. Anyway, um no, that's not Which true. by the way, a lot of us everyone who made it to that panel deserves a pat on the back. I'm totally. just saying. Oh, totally. Because everyone at that panel was either still under the influence or or severely impaired from being so the previous day. Oh no! Did we sound like that? Was it that? Was it so bad? No, but oh. I know I w- we were all together the night before. Oh, I know I see. it was that bad because I, I saw us all. The only one who wasn't, I think, was Tris because he had left early. But everyone else was was there to the wee 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 early hours of the morning. Right. Uh, in, in a raucous state. I went to so, bed at three and woke up for, uh, you know, seven thirty <laughs> for the nine o'clock panel. Woke exactly. up at seven thirty to take more notes for my three hour monologue that I never got to. Yeah, and I and I got <laughs> up at seven forty five. Like a giant um, jerk. <laughs> Fricker was there and and demanding coffee. Uh, Mason oh man, was there Fricker! Fricker, coffee. do you remember him? Just like. He did it twice. He did it at, at the live show, too. He was just kind of noodling around in some bag when we were all sitting there waiting. And he did it at that panel, too. It was like, where is Fricker, man? He's getting coffee? It's like nine, it's like <laughs> ten minutes past. <laughs> but I if you notice, he was that. bringing coffee for him and Mike Mason. So it, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good when you're bringing the big man some coffee. Butter up the moderator. <laughs> Butter yeah. up the moderator. I had a um, big old venti myself. Yeah, I did. I, I, uh, I was afraid for some reason that I wasn't going to make it in time. So when I got to that panel, 
I was there with the minion when they opened the damn door. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I had actually beat Chad, um, yeah, and I I didn't have a coffee yet, so I was dying. Um, but I caffeinated uh, du jour right afterwards, so it was all good. Yeah. Um, and then after that panel, guys, that was uh, that was nine to ten, uh, and then at um, at ten, I, I think I took a, I went up and played uh, some games upstairs. That's something I should mention. Most a lot of this time I spent up on the gaming floor playing mm-hmm. pickup games. I played a bunch of Feed the Shoggoth with Badger. Um, Sunday I played another round of P- Feed the Shoggoth with a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a pickup Man, game with Matt Sanderson. Awesome, awesome time uh, that he ran us through called cool. uh, the gaming just sounds amazing. What is the stations? Um, what do oh, you call you, it? number stations? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a yeah, World War. Play, it's a Cold War Cthulhu game, right? Yeah, it was a Cold War Cthulhu thing. Um, that was fantastic. We had a blast doing that. Um, just a lot. I had a good bit of gaming this time around, and it, it was primarily all pickup games. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, we're not done. Sunday we did all <laughs> kinds of stuff. I don't. I don't remember what we did. Yeah. A lot of guys left. Um, Chad ended up leaving Sunday. Uh, Dan left Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed with most of the Skype at Cthulhu guys till Monday, which. I'm going to tell you guys for next time you should do that. Yeah, I'm, going. I'm absolutely yeah. staying through till Monday because it really hurt that I had to miss the live quiet and bold reading. That, that there's that and then there was the um Shoggoth on the roof or something. What was the the sort of um thing where you throw Oh, the the Cthulhu prayer breakfast was the morning, by the way. Um, right, at the same time yeah. as my panel, but yeah. At the same time as the panel and uh, everybody who wasn't at the panel was at the prayer breakfast, just mm-hmm. for reference' right. sake. Um, we all managed to make it somehow to the panels or the prayer breakfast after Saturday night, which is impressive. I slept. Um, <laughs> you, you, slept. and I don't drink. You were the smart. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how, but yeah. Sunday. What else did we do Sunday, guys? Well, Sunday night was the performance of something where you shout at the. Screen. There's a movie that is. Oh, uh, oh so done Sunday much night. For a picture I show. And, yes. Yeah, I went with a bunch of the Scotty Cthulhu guys and Mike and Nick from Chaosium and Lynn Hardy and all of the good friends, and we made a giant exodus down um, to the uh, theater to watch the Dunwich Horror Picture Show, which is one of the worst movies ever made, but it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, they had. Big Nazo was there, and uh, they had a live band doing the music accompanying up front. Did Big um, Nazo do puppets there? They had the the big Cthulhu um, uh, puppets. They, yeah. Well, they were dressed as Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, and they would bust through the side stage of this old style theater, so they would come out on the uh, <laughs> on the pillboxes on the side and cool. dance whenever he started trying to summon stuff. At the same time. <laughs> At the at the same time, half naked women uh, cultists would start running up and down the aisles and dancing and gyrating. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, wow. It was a lot of fun. It was great. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, we went and uh, walked around. That lasted until about eleven o'clock. 
or about 10 o'clock, I guess, 1030. And by the time we got back into downtown Providence, it was so late, we couldn't find a place that would actually give us, that would serve us beer and food because we were, we were dedicated. So eventually we ended up back at Blake's, um, which we had five minutes to get in like before last call. Fifteen food orders before uh, the kitchen closed. Oh, I bet they loved it. you. Yeah. <laughs> we well, the the guy um, who took our orders told us straight up: if you want food, I gotta have it now. You got five minutes. We we scrambled. We got all our food in. It all came out perfect, and we. I'll be honest. All of us tipped the absolute hell out of that guy and the cook. Great. Because we knew we screwed awesome. their night up. <laughs> right. So we made it good. And then we stayed and I stayed long enough to watch the uh, Puccio, Matt, and Randall uh, and Max go off to their Airbnb. And I never saw Randall and Puccio again. Oh. Um, and, uh, well, all of the guys, really. Uh, and Jonathan Powell came in from the UK, another Skype mm-hmm. Cthulhu player. Um, fantastic guy. Uh, he went off that night as well. So I got to say a lot of goodbyes that evening um, after we had drinks at Blake's. Uh, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to sleep with uh, Magnus right upstairs from Blake's in his Airbnb, which is fantastic. Um, so I slept there that night. And then the next morning, I, I started the giant traverse home. And it was yeah. me, Max, and Magnus basically. Uh, catching trains to Boston and then uh, me and Max in the airport for a few hours before 2019. Uh, That's cool. So it ended, it ended for me like it did in 2015 with me and Max, the last ones left uh, standing. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah. It was kind of awesome, weird though. that way that worked out again, but it was a lot of fun. I had an absolute blast. It was quite easily one of the best weeks of my life. Um, it, it, it was yeah. just so much fun, so much love in that place, man. It was just great. Yeah. yeah. Seeing you guys was just icing on the cake, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> two years, two years, 2019, two yes. years to make the puppets. I'm starting <laughs> two years of puppets and money saving. And to figure and out how to pack them appropriately to bring yep. them to Providence. Exactly. Yeah, you need to figure out some like bag of holding or something. That would be sweet. So, God, he's so done pretty darn through. well so far. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Chad is absolutely fantastic. If you get a chance to see our live shows, you have to make it just for the history segment because Chad usually has crowd participatory crowd participatory orchestras going on, uh, and he does something weird with puppets and. Yeah, it's always our, entertaining. Our little Chad has the collection of the coolest noise-making instruments I've ever seen. <laughs> Some great things. Yeah, that water I've pipe that before. he had. <laughs> yeah, sh- shout out to Nick uh, for playing oh, that man. thing with yeah. I don't know, five five minutes warning, <laughs> trying to play a stringed instrument uh, that. It uses water. It had no string. Yeah. Yeah. It had <laughs> and then to find out that. And, yeah. And then finding out right after Nick did it, that Max actually could play it, which <laughs> yeah, was I didn't, crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. He, he had done that uh-huh. before then? He, Max grabbed that thing and started making that thing sing like I had never heard yeah. before. Well, I and had And it no was idea. just freaky. 
Well, it'll be back because that thing is one of my favorite things of all time, and it only got a little bit of feature during this show. So yeah, it definitely needs more. That was a a, a prop upon its own. I mean, it was great. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to all of the guys from Skype of Cthulhu. I'm gonna try and name them. Okay, let's see if we can name all of them. <laughs> there was Edwin, Matt Puccio, um, Randall, Jonathan, Max, of course. Magnus, um, Magnus isn't Skype Cthulhu. Magnus isn't Skype Cthulhu, but who cares? He's an asshole, and Max is an asshole, so it kind of went together. Sure. Keith was there from the assholes as well. Um, who's our newest asshole? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's great. You don't bleep that uh, one. I've noticed you don't bleep that one because it's a proper name, I guess. Huh, Matt? Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I that. did that on purpose, brother. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> Uh, um, Cor- uh, Corey was there. Absolutely fantastic man. That guy is. Oh, Corey's the just, best man. He is just the best dude. Uh, his uh, Steve's Steve's was there. Steve's is awesome. Other Steve, I'm just joking. Steve, other <laughs> Steve was there. He's great too. Um, uh, just so many. Brian Cordemanch. Cordemanch, oh my gosh, I love that dude to death. Yeah, he is he's, just such a isn't he great like, guy. He's one of my favorite human beings. One of your, I, he's just such a good dude, man. Mm-hmm. Um, your old friend Nick, yep. who I have to say has got to be one of the greatest men I know. Honestly, Nick, you're a fantastic individual. Um, Scott Dorward, holy crap, Ian McLean. Yeah. I don't even know. I had what some to say weird, awesome conversations with Scott. That that man is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, any way you slice it, that dude is great. Matt Sanderson has got this infectiously bubbly personality that is just absolutely level. The guy is just fantastic. Me and Paul Fricker hit it off like we had known each other for 20 years. It was great. We hung out a good bit this entire con. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't with Chad or Dan, it seems like I was with Paul. Um, it, it, it was just fantastic. Um who, who am I missing, guys? Help me out here. Ian yep. McLean. Yeah. Gosh, I can't forget yeah. Ian. Badger. Oh, love Ian. And, and Ian can do Bad. a really mean Kermit the Frog. Oh, man. His his Kermit the Frog. Oh, dude. Yeah. He did Rainbow Shh. Connection at the uh, karaoke bar, and he does a really good Kermit. Uh, can I just say that Magnus, for a, a seven-foot-tall Swede, is really, really good at karaoke. However, uh-huh. Mike Mason can toss down the karaoke gauntlet like I have never seen. Yeah, yeah. He's like a pro. Yeah. He's a machine. He is like a pro. It was insane. Um, Nick from Chaosium. Yep. Nicario, mm-hmm. great Shan- guy. Shannon Mack. Yeah. Shannon Mack, awesome. It was great finally meeting him again. Um, Ant. Lynn Hardy. Oh, Lynn Hardy. Oh, I love Lynn so much. Lynn is awesome. Lynn was what a fantastic the lady. Sweetest yeah. lady. Just a fantastic person to hang out with. Keep her aunt. I, mm-hmm. me, keep her aunt and Chris uh, Adair, which we've mentioned already. We went and ate Indian food. We, we, yeah, I heard he was representing off, a Golden uh, Brotherhood Goblin of the Beast. Very well. We went and found a nice Indian restaurant on the other side of town and we ate like kings, man. It was fantastic. Easily mm-hmm. one of the, all of these were great nights, but, it was a, it was a good time for me because I don't get the Indian food very often in Texas. Yeah, or in my part of Texas. Right. Um, but Keeper Ant was great. 
uh, such a nice guy. Absolutely wonderful dude. Had a lot of deep conversations with him. Uh, would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Adcock. Yeah, Bill. I didn't get a chance to talk to, the, to Bill that much. He was gaming a lot. Um, he was yeah, in the game He was. Room quite he a was bit. always on the 18th floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ran a bunch um, of uh, Invictus. Yep. Uh, Badger McGinnis from Squamish Studios. Feed the Shoggoth was there. Yep. His I lovely wife, I got Adria. to meet Badger. I was very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Badger's awesome. I got one of his little mini Shoggies. There you go. Purple Shoggy. Uh, Tim. Tim, yeah, Tim. Good grief, man. I know. They, I'm scared now that we've started that we're going. Like, I'm trying to figure out. Who oh, we we've could left out. We could bring up that first picture. Oh, true. Let's do that from Blake's real quick, because that was everybody, wasn't it? Pretty much, except for Cordomanche, or was Cordomanche there? Uh, yeah, I don't think. No, he would not have been there. He's he came in. Nah, didn't see him yet. Friday. Yeah, because like Keeper Ant showed up like towards the later part of that and and Liam yeah. and uh <laughs> I introduced uh I introduced Dan apparently really badly because Edwin and a bunch of the Skype guys yeah, were, were standing around and I just said and this is Dan and I, I, I figured I figured they would connect the dots. I did introduce they you. They didn't. But it's like Yeah but they No, this is Keeper Dan, I should have said, but they didn't <laughs> they had to Apparently, I had to wait until you spoke <laughs> to figure yeah. it out. I had a lot of people who actually did the whole thing of, as soon as I said something, are are you Dan? Yeah. <laughs> I had that quite a bit. And that was, yeah. uh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm looking at the picture here. I'm looking at the picture. We got Randall. From Skype Cthulhu, Scott Dorward, Christopher Smith Adair, Magnus, Max, Puccio, Sean, Paul Fricker, Chad and Dan, me, Matthew Sanderson, Jonathan, um, Steve, Steve, Lynn Hardy, <laughs> Edwin, Mike Mason, Nick. Uh, those are the. Uh, that's who was there at that party. Oh, and, and then Corey. Aunt came in later. Corey showed up later. He missed this picture. That's right. Um, or Corey took this picture, actually. I think that's why it's, it's Yeah, here. that's what I thought it was, is Corey took it. Because, it, yeah, we can't forget Corey. Love that guy. Yeah, Corey took the picture. I think Corey's we've mentioned great. Corey, not we, to we be. We mentioned Corey. Yeah, yeah several we, times. We mentioned Corey. Okay. I mean, um, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me too. This is going to be a long freaking episode that's probably going to be very loose on the editing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just put an explicit tag on it, it, man, and just uh, (laughs) just let it go. Just dump it and say fuck it. What I'm trying to say, I guess, in in a really horrible way, is that this was a fantastic convention for me, for all of us here that went. Sorry, John. Um, But... It was absolutely fantastic, and it would not have been so good if it wasn't for the wonderful, wonderful people that we know that show up there every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree on that. They are the best freaking people, the best friends that we could ever want to have. This is an amazing community, and I, I'm honored to be part of it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, these, these people are great. They're the best fans that you could ever want. Um, 
not that these are all fans, but listeners, whatever. Yeah. Dan doesn't like the word fans. But I mean, they're all just, they're not even fans though. They're just good, good friends. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they're any just, one of them would, they're just great people. Mm-hmm. It was very touching in a lot of instances of that. It's just like, wow, there's, you know, people just stop it and say, and you know, how much they love the uh, show and, and what it means to them. It's just like, wow, this is pretty amazing. I, uh, some random, some random dude, while we were waiting on an ele- elevator, a minion, uh, asked if I had read something on Podcastle recently. Yeah. Out of the blue. Like, where did that come from? But yes, I had. And he was like, I listen to that all the time. And that was a really good, like, hey, that's cool. I, I did not expect that at all. So that was really <laughs> cool. Uh, but no, the people at this convention are, are in the gaming, at least, the Joshi crap aside, are the best people you will ever meet. And so far as a convention, I've been to Gen Con. Gen Con's just too big. This one is perfect. You know everybody who's there. If you don't know them, you find about who they are real quick. Um, shout out to Jess as well, who ran the gaming at um, Necronomicon again this year. She did a fantastic job. Um, it was, you know, it, it went off without a hitch, I think. I don't think they had any troubles, really. Yeah, everything seemed to go pretty darn smoothly in, in that front. And and I still need to take lots of pictures of the stuff that I wound up with. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm quite satisfied with even just the, the loot part, too, because I got everything I was hoping for. Except for I didn't get Sanderson to sign my mm-hmm. books because he was always running games. I managed to get uh, Tristan, uh, a f- uh, another fellow asshole um, who everybody knows from <laughs> that and from Yogg-Sothoth. He, uh, he couldn't make it. He's on deployment. So I was able to buy the books for him. I bought the Grimoire and the Two-Headed Serpent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to get all of them to sign it from oh, nice. Mike and all of the Skype guys. <sighs> and they had little annotations that they put in the book for the grimoire, like on Attract Fish. You know, uh, Dorward wrote some stuff about Attract Fish. Uh, and then <laughs> Fricker replied to that. And then Mason came in on top of that and said it's Attract Dingoes. You know, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, Magnus took those back to Europe so he can ship them easier, uh, without having to, to try and ship to the UAE or wherever. Yeah. But it, it was just, just fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah I mean, we could talk for another two hours about the stuff easily. that we did. It, it's, yeah, it, it's we, just insane. We probably shouldn't. Let's no. not. No. <laughs> I need to, no, we shouldn't. It's, it's one in the morning. Uh, I'm, I'm, I need to call it, guys. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Same. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's kill. Let's, let's kick put a button on pig. it. No, let's, let's yeah, put sure. a button on it. Let's, uh, let's get down here to the end, lo- yeah. end show. Oh, wait. We haven't heard what John did with his weekend. That's mean. Oh, yeah, John. What did you do this weekend? <laughs> this, the weekend at Economicon? What did you end up doing? Uh, really Binge-watched Defenders. All right. Okay. Well, no, all right. No, no, no. If you had to do something. I caught up on yeah. that. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I watched I did, too. I watched it the other day. I'd have rather been at Economicon. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> 
All right, in show. want to hear from our listeners we have a lot of different ways you can reach out to us for the complete list check our show notes that's where you'll find our email address which is now mup.feedback at gmail.com as well as the phone number our speak pipe link and the forums send us your questions feedback and topic ideas or join a discussion record a liner tell us who you are and give us a hearty go pods for our home team the fight encephalopods you can find all the links you need to keep in touch with us at mu-podcast.com slash 113. That's nope, wrong. Nope, that is wrong. 113. <laughs> <laughs> Dyslexia kicking in. <laughs> We've already That's done an old one. show. Here, Here's the current show. Don't, don't go that one. You can find uh, all the links you need to keep in touch with us at mu-podcast.com slash 131. Thanks for joining us for another episode. See you all again in Providence in 2019. Class is dismissed. The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game is property of Chaosium, Inc. The written works of H.P. Lovecraft are held in the United States public domain. All other works mentioned in this podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of this show is copyright of the Miskatonic University podcast under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. 